Hello, Carmen. Hello, Mr. Dragon Scales. Carmen, are you getting rugged again? How's it going? It is going well. I am Mistress Money, co-founder of Queens and Crypto with my sidekick, my my sister, my everything, my enabler for buying NFTs, Carmen Crypto. Um, <laughs> how are you? I came in on purpose broke today. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what i'm hearing is i have no funds available to buy nfts yeah they're all That's in another wallet <laughs> oh my god oh my god um, <laughs> um we're gonna go ahead and start um sharing out the room but i'm so excited to welcome dragon scales here um with us um you're doing some amazing amazing work um excited to get into the nitty-gritty of it so just bear with me while i um tweet out the room and, and get a few people in how our format normally goes we usually have like um three featured speakers right but but you're so in, so exciting and there's just so much information um especially for me questions that i want to ask in terms of ai ai art creation virtual reality augmented reality xr all of that which i know you are heavily immersed in um so uh, the format is typically where the first hour carmen and i will kind of talk to people about what we do here at the Queens of Crypto. Um, we talk about our NFT project, Front Row Pass, um, and then we dive right in with you. But I'm going to keep us limited to like maybe 15 to 20 minutes talking about our stuff because I really want to get into the business aspect and how this can help propel your business forward. When we talk about AI, especially with some of the things that I've been looking at and testing out myself. So I'm really excited to just dive right in. Yeah, that and, sounds fantastic. I got some coffee brewing, so uh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, take the lead nice. and I'll be here. <laughs> nice, nice. Carmen got rugged again. <laughs> oh, and we've got we've got um, Corey Bites in the audience um that is our co-founder on front row pass um that's our dev he likes to lurk in the shadows um but he is doing some juicy juicy stuff um building our front row pass we're not ready to to quite go public with that we're just you know giving a little bit of alpha because you know here at the queens of crypto it's all about our community and what we build together right and we like to feature just really innovators and builders in this space um and i've seen you just doing the work consistently um understanding that you're running a business and not a project right um oh thank you sandra I, wow i am i am honored that you're here because i know you work nights and um you've been up and so you're you're blessing us with your presence. Thank you. Hi, Will. Carmen, I'm going to try adding you at, as host one more time because, you know, I can't do this and send a tweet at the same time. So I'm going to put myself on mute. Twitter's doing me You can greet everybody. Twitter's doing me dirty, like, for the past two days. It's been really wild and crazy. I mean, uh, there was a scheduled space yesterday at like 7 a.m. that we couldn't even launch it. And then that mega space that we had yesterday, like, got cut up right in the middle of it. But we persevere. We come crawling back. We get new links. And we get people back in the room. <laughs> but I, like, have trust issues now. But good morning, everybody. I want to get some people on the stage. I'm going to send some... 
Let's see. Well, I want to say good morning to you. I see Sandra. We knew Corey and Front Row Pass are just creeping. So I creep. Yeah. Hey, Dragon Scales. Nice to meet you. Who's behind the pier? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. I'm uh, I'm usually kind of mic shy in some of the spaces. I try not to talk too much. A lot of times I end up getting talked over and I just kind of hang back. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to have the floor to be here. And thanks for uh, the, the invite. Ooh, this is your time to shine, man. And if Mistress brings you in, we kind of like squirrel out. Like we go in and just venture to different parts of the crypto forest. And then we come back to home base with whoever best friends we found. <laughs> We go like a spirit walk, so then we come back to our queens of crypto and we start meeting new friends. And today, Mistress brought you, so I'm sure we're going to walk away from this as besties. Uh, good morning, Sandra. Good morning, Will. How are you guys today? Good morning. Good. Uh, still trying to process everything from the mega space yesterday, but uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, good to see you guys. I can only listen for a little bit because I'm getting ready to head out. Yeah, you said you have an IRL. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, congrats on yesterday's space. The feedback was so fantastic. I mean, you had a good amount of people, and they all stayed the entire time. The content was great. People got a chance to meet the founders of the Learning Collective and find out what we're about, and I'm sure that it's just going to grow from there. Sanders, Sanders. Yeah, absolutely. I actually... Just to name drop a little bit, I don't often do this, but we actually got a, a lot of great feedback from Rachel Wilkins, if you know who she is. So. Oh, I absolutely know who she is. Before she started her marketing company here in Web3, um, you know, she was hosting a lot of Twitter spaces Oops. and she was uh, had a women's room in Web3. And so that's where I met a couple of people that I ended up working on projects with. And that's like, you know, you meet these people and you watch them grow over time, kind of like within their own wheelhouse. And this is a beautiful, uh, a really big, beautiful part about this space is, you know, sometimes you meet people and you stay connected and then you keep on coming back to them and you go, what else are you working on? How have you grown? You know, and you see people's journey. It's a beautiful thing to see. Ooh, we got Yomi. We got Yomi in here, and welcome, Michael. Let's see, Yomi, I got you invite. Speak, Sandra, are you behind the mic? Yes, I'm here. Ooh, good morning, girl. You working today? Yes, I do. Well, good morning. I'm so glad you're here, and thanks for tuning in. Mistress, what you got going on? Are you buying, like, an NFT right now and saying that you'll be retweeting the room? Guys, she's in trouble. She's in trouble. She's degenerating. I was actually retweeting. Nope, I was actually retweeting the room. If you take a look at the right. chat bubble, all the time. Right. Yeah, I was. In a I world full of degen liars, <laughs> there can only be one. <laughs> um, no, I was actually retweeting the room, right? I thought you would, would give them a little snippet on Front Row Pass. I already talked about our buddy Corey Bites and how he likes to lurk in the shadow. And the reason why I was running late today, because, you know, if it's if it's like if I'm not opening it up at 10 minutes before, I feel like I'm running late. I was in a meeting with him discussing all the things that um, we're planning to do with MNFT and, and the conference in June. Right. Um, so I was finally glad to have him back because you told me not to stalk him. 
<laughs> she like, I told you, I told you, I wasn't kidding, um, Habib. She literally forbid me from reaching out to you, period. She was like, when he gets back is when he gets back. You're not allowed to contact him. Um, so I was super excited when he sent me a message last night and said, can we meet in the morning? Um, <laughs> and so that's where I've been. And then, of course, I was in Yonder space um, early on. Uh, and why I'm so excited for this, because, you know, between you and I, um, we've got, what, five businesses together? Girl, um, you can't even count sometimes. You can't even count. Right. And just trying to keep up with the socials, um, updating the podcast. Um, and now I'm into writing blogs. And for me, man, AI has just opened up so many opportunities for me to really tell the story that I want our brands to tell, right? Um, but it's still very confusing on the layers of AI, what we have to be conscious of as business owners, um, what we tie our brands to. Is there going to be a copyright issue? Can you take that content and create an NFT and, um, you know, make profit off of it? What happens afterwards? Um, so there's so much that's involved in it that I really have to spend some time learning. And I know this is Dragon Scale's wheelhouse. I was super excited when um, he said yes to coming on and kind of helping us first understand and navigate this new world. And even though it's not new, but but this new adventure that we can be on as business owners to help our, our, our businesses propel forward. Facts. I'm so excited about the conversation. In fact, being in multiple spaces with different communities, these are the kinds of conversations that are being had, right? And it's happening more and more where the topic's coming up. And it makes sense because with the market conditions, for those that are building, we find ourselves completely like heads down. Um, depending upon how you operate, where your talent is, you know, for me, I'm constantly still networking and doing what I do, even when all time highs are there. But there's a lot of people sitting down and saying, look, how can we build better? How can we be more efficient? How can we use these tools? And what are some of the acceptable like anchor points and latitudes of acceptance and rejection um, when it comes down to like the authenticity of the work? Um, and then also too when we want to differentiate ourselves from our competitors, how do we really tell that story, right? Because there's going to be, there's just an influx of people saying, hey, we absolutely can agree on a lot of the problems and the challenges that exist. And there's a lot of different groups that are out there trying to attack those things and provide solutions and provide pathways so that the, they're no longer a challenge and that helps the momentum of the entire community. Uh, so I'm definitely excited to get into and uh, hugging Dragon Scales' uh, brain here. But uh, Mistress, you're right. I mean, like, right now I'm I'm getting involved with a lot of different things. That, uh, the things that I already had in motion are moving quite fast. And some really great meetings are coming down, you know. I mean, you know that the different corners that I work within are going to be like, hey, uh, you know, where are we at with our influence and regulation and 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 um, how do we educate and how do we get more exposure out and how do we create in real life like resources uh, for local communities? And then I'm also taking a look at, hey, this these branding, these these business negotiations, you know, pairing up VCs with those that are building and making sure that there's um, connections there to help people get funded and help 
funnel money into good players that are that are trustworthy in this space. Um, and yeah, and then then of course there's the whole like you know we are community members first, so we have a lot of a large network of people and communities that we just love. Um, it doesn't have to be a big you know layer zero layer one type of project. I mean, if you got a community together, and you guys are doing something great for you know, in, in terms of social impact or, you know, getting your community educated on something Web3 related. Those are things that we love to support and expose to our audience as well. So because the way Mistress and I connect in this space and work kind of behind the scenes and advise or connect the dots for people, we wanted to give all of that access to all of the people that we love. So we created Front Row Pass, and our third founder, um, who's the owner of Corey Bites, is also involved. He's our dev. He's the tech dude, the chair dude. And we came together and said, hey, look, we're going to make sure that when new builders come into this space, that they have a really easy access to trusted people that we continue to work with, that we support, that we see are, are grinding and hustling in this space um, and give them access to that. So Front Row Pass is an NFT that's like $10. It's $10, gives you unlimited access. It's not about the secondary sell, it's about the access. Um, and with that NFT, you're going to get access to educational e-courses. You're also going to get access to the builders, the consultants, the marketing, um, you know, teams, the media teams, the, you know, anything that you can think of that you're going to need to build a successful business into Web3, you're going to basically have access to those people. And you're going to get it at really great pricing. So so that you know you don't have to dish out you know extra money um, to do things that are going to be beneficial to the entire space as a whole. So because of those connections that we have, we said, hey, we want to give that access to everybody. And so that's something that we're building. And the contract is ready, the NFTs are ready. And so we're starting to really define what those partnerships look like and what kind of value do we want to bring to our audience. So that's going to be one of the most exciting things about 2023, right, Mistress? I fully agree with you on that because I've been seeing it um, for a while now um, whenever I take stage. Um, standardization, because you know how we feel about our community, right? Like before we bring somebody to this particular table right here because it's designed as a conversation and not a shell, we like to get to know the people, 80% buy into the team, 20% buy into the product. We want to get to know the builders, right? The creators. Um, and I've been saying for a long time, there needs to be, everybody's so worried about, um, you know, regulation coming. I feel like it's our responsibility, Carmen, that we get together and say, hey, we will only do business if you guys follow our guidelines to be exposed to our community. And that's what I'm, um, I think for me, more than the e content more than the trusted network that we're putting together is that ability to say here are our standards so that when you see people that are listed here in our trust network to take advantage of they fulfilled our requirements as a standard so i'm really looking forward to front row pass being the one to put out the standard for who we do business with and who we expose our community with Absolutely facts, you know, because we have these connections because we spend some time. Now people are people, right? And yeah. and we've said this before, Mistress, like as much as we can love 
community builders and leaders of projects, um, we want to give them a stage. We want to get to know them, not just, you know, the, the data dump of their project, but actually get to know them and understand what's their intent behind doing this, what's the big picture impact, and what's the scalability opportunities to, to be around for a long time, and how can we support that? Now, if people pivot and, and you know, start to turn away from some of the standards that we set, then of course, we're also gonna be the first ones to hold everybody accountable. Um, so that's that's the trust that we build with our community and say, look, there's gonna be some players in the space that are absolutely malicious. And then there's just, you know, things that don't succeed and that's not because of any maliciousness. Um, and we, not, we need to, as a community, just as much as we need to be strong about doing our own research and doing our own betting and holding people to our own standards that we create ourselves based on our own investment style, our personal goals, and what we want to accomplish in the space and the kind of relationships that we want to build, well, you have to hold them to your standards. You know, we hold them to ours in terms of what that partnership looks like. And if you're going to be doing business, you got to pick, you know, who's the right fit for you. Because you could have five great media companies sitting in front of you, but, you know, not all of them are going to be branded right for you or the right partner depending upon what they're offering. So we can offer great things, but it still has to be a right fit for you as a builder. And th those are just kind of like a T's and C's, right? To think about. Um, don't blindly trust anybody. I mean, even when I meet somebody that I think is very influential and has a track record of success, I'm still looking at it from a one-to-one -one basis. Is, is this a right fit for me? Facts. And, in um, you know, if you're new to the Queens of Crypto space, um, you can feel free to raise your hand. This is not a show space. <laughs> it's not a show space. Um, you can feel free to engage in the conversation. Our featured speaker this week is um, Dragon Skills and what he's doing, um, all about him, the services that he offers, and where we can collaborate to conquer in Web3, right? Um, and so that being said, I know it's only 18 minutes past the hour, but it's so much to unpack. There's so many layers to it and never get the opportunity to hear you just completely speak, Dragon. So I'm going to start just with, with tell me who you are and, and what that attraction is that got you into this space. Yeah, so starting things off, um, currently I'm a metaverse developer. Um, I run a team of about, uh, we'll say about five core members. Uh, we recently scaled up to take on a big project for the Tropiverse, um, which is a trusted partner of ours. Um, we've been building alongside them. Originally, we wanted to start with a marketplace. And as we've been scaling up and we've been sort of working along with them, uh, they decided that we wanted to scale our side of the company larger and take on a bigger role. So uh, that's been fantastic. Um, what got me into this space originally, I was a security officer and I had a lot of spare time. So I was doing all kinds of digging into like philosophy and psychology and just all sorts of different fields that I'd never had time to study before. And uh, it gave me like just so much free time to listen to podcasts and really like, you know, just critically uh, thinking about stuff. And um, eventually a friend of mine had reached out and he was like, yeah, I heard about this, uh, this Pokemon coin thing that they're coming out with. And he's like, I don't know how to buy this. I don't know how to get this. Can you figure this stuff out for me? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So two uh, painstaking weeks later, I finally get on-ramped into crypto. I uh, get money transferred over and I pick up this uh, this coin. And overnight, I made like, 
it was like so minuscule, like compared to some of the investments, but overnight it was like $300 I made. And I was just blown away by that. Cause I was like a traditional stock investor. You know, I was not used to that type of volatility and, uh, got me hooked immediately. I was like watching stuff and constantly moving through different spaces and learning as much as I could. Um, yeah, pretty much over time I ended up getting in with a project that was, they were building stuff out. They had a really big team and none of the team members wanted to listen, wanted to work with the community. They just kind of refused to do anything other than make money and, and just do the shilling, uh, you know, old school DJ and shilling. And, um, I, all these ideas that I had, they wouldn't listen to it. So I was watching another community that I would participate in their chat. And eventually they pulled me out of their chat and they said, would you be able to help us out with some of the marketing? Because they were actually out of uh, Ukraine and Moscow, and um, which was kind of ironic. And uh, they wanted me to do the, their uh, translating for them because they were like, when we sell stuff to the American markets, none of the stuff translates properly and it looks fake. It looks bad. We don't like how it sounds. So they wanted help in like how to articulate stuff. Um, so yeah, maybe two weeks later, they realized, uh, that I had all these ideas and we sat down, talked through them. I showed them some of the utility that I had, um, came up with for the other group and how that would operate with like NFTs, um, in the same way that you were using, uh, like near frequency scanning for tokens for like video games. There's a game called Skylanders and you could get these like little model characters. You could scan them and it would bring up your character. And I was like, well, why can't we do that with NFTs and make like scannable NFTs that'll control your character? And then each of the items that plug in can be separate NFTs as well. So you can trade the items and do whatever you have to do on like a virtual marketplace. So uh, about $20 million later, they said, hey, that worked. <laughs> and um, then when we were getting ready to scale up with them, um, that's when the uh, war broke out over in Ukraine. So the team actually got like, ripped in half and a bunch of them left for political reasons. Um, yeah, most of them made it out of the country, but uh, yeah, it was just really wild. And so that was the time for me to jump in and, and decide what I was going to do next. Uh, we ended up going into a metaverse project that was going to be a music metaverse. And we started getting to work on that. We uh, did a bunch of marketing, couldn't really get anywhere. It was out of Houston, Texas. And um the team I was working with, they had a bunch of community members and I couldn't figure out the analytics with this. I couldn't figure out why we were getting like 20 or 30 people talking and nothing else. We couldn't seem to break out of that barrier. We couldn't get any traction in spaces. Nothing was working. It turned out that all the people were actually being paid by the guy running the project and he didn't tell any of us that. So all the analytics that I was collecting made no sense because it was all paid for. It was all like fake community members. And, uh, so it kind of like really screwed us over in the long run. Um, when that ended up collapsing, I had just started doing development for them. Um, just got into VR chat, just got into like my VR headset. And I discovered this crazy world of people that were like hanging out in virtual spaces, you know, like seven days a week, they lived inside VR. And it was such a wild concept. It was such a new thing to me. I was just overwhelmed by how amazing some of these worlds were. And, uh, I ended up basically running into another guy that did building and um, started up Dragon Scales VR. Six months later, we uh, ran into Tropiverse. We started building for them, and they were actually our, our first uh, client contract and uh, just been scaling ever since. So here we are.
I, I will I will be devil's advocate here because Carmen and I have gone back <laughs> time and time again. Um, and I think um, Token Trip, where I, I tell him flat out, man, I don't expect the metaverse to be here 10 years from now. I don't. It's bulky. Um, it, it's, it's not user-friendly. Um, and the people that are building now, you've got all these little pockets of communities with no, and I could never say the word, intrapability, <laughs> you know the word, um, where I can move from one to the other, right? So I, I have zero interest. One, I wear glasses. Two, um, I have vertigo. So wearing the Oculus because broadband connection, even though I have the best, I still have to go Wi-Fi. Um, it, you know, it, it, it does something to the motion for me. So it's not something I'm ever going to be interested in unless we're talking about just logging on in a desktop and I have this little pretty thing that I can go look at, right? That's how I see it. But as an investment standpoint, um, I don't believe that 10 years from now, metaverse is going to be a thing. I think it's a hype. Uh, it's a different conversation, however, if we're talking about augmented reality, virtual reality, and extended reality, right? I could see that being a thing um, because of the ease of use of the technology. So as you are building in this space, and, and congratulations on your, 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 your contract, by the way. Um, as you are building in this space from the back end, am I wrong in looking at it and saying, mm, investment value, if it says metaverse, I want no part of it? Um, yeah, it's a very tricky one. From where I'm at in the stuff that I'm building, um, I would separate it, honestly. Because, like, is there a hype to it? Absolutely. There's probably, just like how crypto was, you know, two years ago, 90% of the companies getting into the VR, XR space, um, they're selling hype. They're trying to like get as many VCs on board to fuel their company. And they might not have the right direction. They might not have the right uh, business take on it. So, yeah, I do think a lot of it's like it's really tricky to navigate. Like you got to dig into what people are capable of, what kind of boundaries they're trying to push. And if they're just like, look at this cool picture of buildings, that's really not worth investing in. No, like there's a ton of those that you can fall into. So, yeah, I'd be very sketchy investing in the general metaverse as a whole. I, I like that from a, a builder standpoint that you're you're laying it open to transparency, right? Because that's how I want to that's how I want to view it as well. Um, I will tell you, um, just in hearing you speak, you've opened up a whole new lever for me because. Danny and I have had this this conversation before, and so has Carmen. We, we've, we've gone back and forth um, on where music plays out. So I believe that if there's going to be any value to metaverse settings, it's going to be entertainment value. I do not want to go into the metaverse being me, right? And you touched on that this morning. Um, you know, there's no reason for me to go into a metaverse setting and be me. I want to be something else, right? And so as a consequence, I'm still going to take those kinds of, of entertainment factors into that type of setting. For me, that means music, because music is, is where I'm at, right? So how do you then build out, scaled out, um, because I know music is a big part of it, and I'm glad Danny was able to join us as co-host on this, um, where music plays out for the metaverse. How does that play out for you building it? Are you reaching out to artists and making sure that there's compensation included 
in use of their music? Are you building your own? Are you using AI to create your music? How are you scaling that out? Yeah, as far as the licensing goes, we haven't delved too much into that. We do have some groups. Um, there's a group in Australia that I can't name quite yet, specifically because their in real life business has been scaling too fast for them. And they were basically uh, telling me that if I was to bring a bunch of people on board and start sharing their stuff, they wouldn't have the people ready to meet the community where they need to. So they asked me not to share their stuff for a little while yet. But they've been following along and they have about 150 DJs that they run with. Um, if they were to come in, we would expect them to do all their own licensing and kind of look into that themselves. Usually we just focus on like either immersive music videos, which was one of the projects we did. Uh, we had somebody who already handled their own NFTs and they did their own, uh, you know, project with that. We just came in and built out the experience for that. Um, so it was kind of more of like a selling point to like, here's a cool thing paired with their music that kind of represents what they wanted, like their vision of a music video. Um, but yeah, as far as like licensing and stuff, we haven't delved into too much of that. We try to let them handle that. So you're just scaling on the back end for the experience itself. And then you're saying, hey, you're more than welcome to bring your music, but you're responsible for any of the the copyright royalties, whatever else it, that that's included in music. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Like we're focusing a lot on the visual aspect of stuff. So think about like a light show. Um, a lot of the XR stuff, when you see like the... Uh, in some of the live venues, they're trying to incorporate that. I think Colorado, there's a couple places that were doing it where they have like immersive light shows where they do all the light show effects inside the glasses, but you can still see the band performing. So they just kind of do all kinds of visual effects and stuff. It's really similar to how like a laser show would be where you like have all these visuals and stuff, but the visuals don't really tie into the licensing or the performance. It's like we're just kind of there to help showcase that. I took my son to Swedish Mafia um, when they came to Brooklyn. Um, and boy, that kid was, was super excited. This was years ago. Um, and I have to tell you, that was a different experience for me because of the lighting, right? Um, that was cool. That was freaking cool. Um, you know, I, I, I love that aspect of it. So, again, this goes back to where I see the word, quote, unquote, metaverse playing out for somebody like me that one might have the discretionary income to buy the equipment to enter the metaverse um, and enjoy the way that I want to. Music has to be a big part of this. And so, Danny, I'd love to get your feedback on this as well. So if he's just building the metaverse, what advice would you give um, artists that are out there that are saying, hey, you know, this guy is building, maybe I want to partner up with him. What would, would that artist have to be responsible for before he even goes to Dragon Scales and say, hey, you know, I know you've got this great project you're building out. Um, I'm a musician. How can I play into that? Yeah. Hi, everybody doing today. Um, first thing first, yeah, that's cool. I think for as musicians go, I mean, he, with him actually building the visuals and then musicians uh, will be bringing, sound like bringing their music to the table. Um, obviously, just making sure that if they sign to any labels or if they uh, have any management, making sure that all that paperwork is, is, is put in and straight making sure they have their licenses that they can actually, because I mean, sometimes what happens is when you're a musician, you might collaborate with someone, right? And you might not own the full rights to the song. And so making sure that all that paperwork is properly done before going to Dragon is most important to me, I think. So being able to take, 
whatever you own, how much you own of the music. If you own the full outright music, then you can talk with him and, and see how you can put the music on there. But if you have a contract obligation with a label or uh, or you have other collaboration collaborators on that the ownership of that music, I think making sure that all the paperwork is uh, presented and straight before going talk to him. That's what I would tell any musicians that was looking to work with him. Carmen? You know, I talk a lot, so you know you got to jump in here, Carmen. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I get really excited when I think about, you know, what the metaverse options and what the outlook looks like. But I'm with you. Like, I get really excited about augmented reality. Um, when it comes down to music, Danny and I, like, <laughs> Danny, you, me, and Mistress, like, we're always getting, like, we're beyond just like, oh, this could make money. This is like, no, how do we protect Right. How do we how do we make sure that the technology is supporting some of the things that we want to leave in the past and the things that we need to keep? Um, because all things Web 2 are not bad. Right. Like there there's true ownership possibilities that are here. And when I think about the gamification of people getting into the metaverse to interact and communicate, I get really fascinated about it because communication dynamics between groups of people, you know, change over time. And it's really because of the adoption of certain technologies. And when we adopt these things and they become standard tools and how the relationships grow, I mean, each one of us that sit here in this audience today, there are some people that we feel very close to that we've never met in person. And this would not have been possible for us 30 years ago. And so when we think about the normalcy of the way that we're communicating, like the all of us that are sitting here today in this Twitter space and new people that I've never met are popping in like that's beautiful but at the same time I feel like we've taken it for granted and so we got to keep that at the forefront of our mindset when we're talking about additional technology that's brand new to us and start to look through those filters and say look these may become the normal ways that people engage. So, you know, are there things that we love about this? Are there things that, you know, we have concerns about in terms of how are we building trust? How are we using this communication to actually accomplish whatever goals we have? Everybody that's in this audience today has a purpose for being here. If you like the content, you like what you're learning, or you're coming in to contribute information, we all have a purpose. Nobody's really trying to waste their time on a daily basis. And so, again, we go back to the fact that these are tools. Now, the blockchain technology and all the ways that it's being used, I think we all agree that ownership and the ability to be, to be transparent is, is important. But are there some things that need to stay private? Are there some things that just people shouldn't have access to? And so those definitions of, for example, with music, right? When I have music content, who can have access to it? What is their value for accessing it? How do I get, you know, as the content creator, value back for releasing that and giving people access? And the same way that it would uh, pertain to music, the same way it would pertain to assets in like the metaverse. So conversations um, widening to different facets of how that technology is going to be used is also a very interesting thing. Um, and why I love having conversations like this, because you can have somebody in the music industry talking to somebody that builds metaverses. And we say, hey, there's a lot of, you know, overlapping ideology that that we both need to see from different views i i think what i love most about what you and danny have contributed um 
goes right back to Dragon and his transparency and saying, hey, um, yeah, I can build it. I can build any visual you want. But, bro, before you put your music here, um, make sure you're, you're CYA, right? Um, you know, again, it's it's so business and integrity don't go hand in hand. They should. They should. But they don't. Right. And, and that's a big part of why we have these these conversations, these small conversations here where it's open discourse. Right. And, and, you know, he flat out said, hey, I can build the visuals, but you are responsible for the content that's going to stream into this metaverse and making sure that you're protecting yourself. So while I personally don't believe that a metaverse is going to be around 10 years from now, I think the way the technology is playing out, um, you know, augmented reality, extended reality is something that I see might have as an investor for me, not financial advice for anyone, but for me it might be something that I might want to dip my toe in. But as a business owner managing five brands, I got to ask because I, I heard you say that you couldn't believe this community that was on there 24 seven. So now I'm questioning if I need to relook um, and where I'm engaging my community at. Um, as a business owner, should I be looking at having placement in these metaverses? Yeah, without question. Um, that's something that I've been setting up. And this is going to be like kind of a really big thing to a lot of people. But um, you can set up a web page in the same style that you would imagine a, a metaverse. So on Spatial, when you guys go in there, uh, we actually have a castle set up. It's the Dragon Scales VR castle. When somebody walks into there, they walk into a landing page. So like they can have an event inside the physical castle that I built. You can watch the speed build of the castle that I made. And then while you're inside there, there's different stuff showcasing what we're doing. So you can see the assets we made. You can see the pictures on the wall. You can see my socials. And there's a couple of value propositions on the wall. And it's just kind of like set up as a landing page. So if somebody's wandering through there looking at cool builds, there's a chance that they see that and say, man, I really want these guys to build for us. And so setting up a landing page for your stuff, just like on a social media platform, absolutely, you should be looking at what platforms are active, what platforms have a good user base. And um, a lot of the ones that you see, like right off the bat, like Decentraland, they don't have quite the user base that you would want them to have. Um, but then some of the hidden ones, like even Spatial or or like VR chat, they get overlooked so quickly because they don't have any blockchain capabilities. Um, but yeah, definitely you should be looking into those. I will tell you that I did take a look at Spatial and I didn't like it because it was bulky. It felt bulky to me. Um, in, in I'm hardwired on my Mac, right? So I wasn't using it on my phone or my iPad. Um, it was straight up on my desktop. I don't keep a lot of junk, so it was it, it's pretty fast. Um, I just did not like the look and the feel of the character. Um, Mistress, ahead, that's because you like the, the bells and whistles. Like I do. you want I you, do. you 100% you, I do. Cause you're a resistor, right? Like you're I ain't gonna lie. I'm like, that like, too. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, daddy. <laughs> and mistress is like, I want mine to look like CGI from avatar. That's ready to go. And like <laughs> opening weekend. Well, I ain't gonna lie. I saw, I, I have seen some, uh, a few good metaverses uh, technology, like people that passed on to me, and I, I didn't see some stuff that was, you know, okay. But I have seen some good ones. I ain't gonna lie, they, they do have some good ones out there. Oh, there's really dope ones out there. This is what I'm finding is that, 
you know, the better we are about really just creating good relationships and not going the route of data dumping and welcoming people into some kind of like curiosity, like, hey, come and check this out especially people whose skill set is this is their job. Like I'm watching a lot of people from the Marvel, um, Disney studios, they come in and, and just like many of us who have worked like the rat race life of, of a career, they come in here and they're like, whoa, I can build it as fast as I want. There's funding, there's people who are into it, you know, it's a 24 seven type of, you know, vibe. And it's very passionate when they come in and this is, this is the key. People who are onboarding right now are not the masses. These are the people that will come in, learn how to transact, and then they're going to come in and build. That is exciting stuff. Um, so when I say, hey, let's onboard somebody, I'm taking a look at onboarding somebody so that they can come in and find their mastery, their wheelhouse, and use those to contribute to the entire space overall. So you're right, uh, Danny. There's some really great people coming into the space because they're getting wind that we are building over here and they if they pioneer on this side they're positioning themselves at a higher level than if they stayed into their their organizational chart that they're in right now uh, dragon you had your hand up and you don't have to raise your hand you're our featured speaker you could <laughs> you could interrupt us at any time yeah shut me up just go bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> no, i appreciate that but um yeah, I was going to say, with some of these projects, like for a while I was doing reviews and just kind of digging through different metaverse projects to uh, just help with transparency issues. And a lot of them, the visuals that you see, uh, it's not necessarily backed by the technology that they want to use. So like I had a guy that wanted to uh, work with me on, I don't remember even what the platform was, it was some type of uh, mobile phone thing where you could do like basically a Zoom call on a mobile phone, but you could all walk around and move in this space and they were talking about doing concerts. They had all this stuff planned. They had a bunch of people building it. And the guy was like, yeah, we're going to be putting about 200 people live in this space. And I was like, yeah, that's going to break immediately. Like, that can't hold it. And they got, like, so mad about it. And they brought the developers in. And they had us all on a Zoom call. And I was like, yeah, these guys are lying to you. Like, it can't work that way. And they were like, yeah, but they've done it. And they showed the video. And I was like, there's five people here. When you scale that to 200 people streaming on a webcam on a mobile phone, with a live performer that's streaming on like a, a YouTube or something. I'm like, it just can't handle that on a mobile phone. That'd be like a zoom call with 200 people. And then also having, you know, all the different cameras streaming in. I'm like, it's just, you can't run stuff like that. And, and they didn't understand it until, you know, I explained it. And then all of a sudden the project disappeared, but yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a shock to them. It's just like, they didn't know that that couldn't work. And there's a lot of projects like that where you see it and the visuals don't support what they're trying to do. So Definitely something to be aware of in those spaces. I, I uh, man, I, I need, okay, this is the one time I, I, you hear me stumbling and stuttering because this is the one time I feel like I should allow Carmen to have the soundboard uh, because I just want to put up a round Wait. of applause for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is when she should have the soundboard and just a round of applause for that, right? Um I, I will tell you for me, and, and this is the funny part, it's exactly what I was discussing with with Corey Bites this morning, right? Um, that's anything that I need, I go to him first. One, because he has that wealth of experience. But but see, I can come up with all these crazy, crazy ideas, Dragon, but it's not in my wheelhouse. And if you're not going to that trusted source to bounce those ideas off of, and say, hey, can we do this? And can we do that? Is that possible? What you're doing is spinning your wheels. 
right? You're just you're just spinning your wheels and you're wasting time and you know time is the one commodity that you cannot get back. So I love 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 that you said, "Hey, you know, you got to talk to somebody where that's their wheelhouse. If this is what you're looking to do, um, you know, you've got to go to someone with the experience to say, hey, that's not going to work. Um, maybe you tweak it. Maybe we try it this way. That's so important. So that leads me to my next question for you, Dragon. So as, as a business that really wants to tap in to communities where they're at, right, um, not being my wheelhouse for that castle that you have, if I were to partner up with you and bring five of my brands to you, um, what does that look like when I say, hey, Dragon, I want to tap into the community that comes to your platform, but this is not my wheelhouse. Um, are you are you building it out for them as they partner up with you as a mutual? I market you, you market me. Um, do you have a fee in, in place or is it just, you know, you either buy me as a whole and I don't piece myself out? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's really just an exchange of value. It's like how much time is it going to take me to put in? Uh, we had a guy that wanted to partner with us and he wanted to be like an advisor to us. Um, he was wanting to get paid like, I don't know, like 300 bucks a week or something. And then he only wanted to pay us like $500 for a bill that took us about a month to put together. And we got into like a big argument over it. And I was like, it's not worth our time. We're not going to sell you this bill for 500 bucks. I'll just throw it away and save the 500. And and we ended up going, to, going our separate ways because of it. Um, but yeah, it's like, if there's going to be an equal exchange of value, if you guys were to promote me and I saw that there was that much, you know, value from it, like I was getting that many new follows or, you know, something of value that I was saying is worth it. Yeah. I could equally put the time in. And if there was a big difference there where you said, I need updates, you want some like new assets to be put in there. Um, yeah, we could always work out a payment plan after that and see what that would take, get some estimates put together. I, I like that because again, you know, I'm 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 thinking about that community, right? I have to be forward thinking, um, and how we manage these brands, right? Um, you know, between between the four of us, um, you know, we have to be maximizing our time, uh, and this is why I, I will continue to say I'm not going to pay a plumber to do a carpenter's job. It just doesn't make sense. Does it make sense for me to go learn this new tech and how to, you know, I I don't care how simple it is. Is it going? Is it beneficial to me to go take the time out of my schedule, out of my day, to go learn how to create that landing page, right? Because there's the time that I can't get back. Or am I better off as a business owner going, hey, Dragon Scale, what do you charge for this? Because you have this community there, and I want to be able to attract them. Because I don't think marketing is the key anymore. Um, I've, I've talked about this. I wrote a blog about this. Um, Emotional consumerism is very much a thing. And so I don't believe that spending a ton of money on marketing to capture a very tiny portion of your community is going to be working moving forward. Um, people have gotten tone deaf to it. So I want to go where there are already built communities and find a synergetic relationship with those builders, the people that are already creating these communities and position my company there. Um, I just think it makes more sense. Yeah, most definitely. Um, something to bring up that I wanted to mention is like, when you get into VR chat, you're not allowed to advertise on their platform. People still do. They put their brand up, they put their Twitter up, they put their uh, their different cash apps or Venmos, whatever they have. Um, 
but they kind of have to work around it. You can't have like a major brand come in and just put like advertisement posters up in their world. They would be like against that type of stuff. Um, but then some of the metaverses coming out, especially like, you know, taking a look at Tropiverse, they're e-commerce based. So they're going to be four brands to get into. Um, I would say, yeah, just keep an eye on the ones that are friendly to that. And those would be the ones you want to stance yourself in to be able to show off your business. Otherwise, like it's not a, a bad uh, deal either. Like if you're focused on music, you could have live performances in VR chat and there's nobody that's going to stop you from doing that. And you could easily have a venue name that's tied to your business that just kind of suggests people to get familiar with that brand. Um, and that doesn't take a whole lot to get going. And after a while, you have regular DJs that are looking to perform. You could probably pay DJs for maybe the first uh, eight weeks. And then once they're going, other DJs are going to come to you and you're just going to have a long list of people wanting to play in your venue. And there's almost no competition in these spaces. So like you get people that come in that aren't necessarily overly talented or like experienced, um, but there's just so many people looking to do it and there's nobody really running those spaces like a business. So yeah, you could easily get involved like that. So Danny, what I'm hearing is we need to have our, our radio show in, in Dragon's Metaverse. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Are you hearing the same thing? Yes, yes, you yes. That's what I'm hearing, buddy. We have some stupid, talented, I mean, crazy talented people on a Friday night. And most of them, you know, be honest, uh, they're, they're new to this whole this, this space, right? So it allows them to kind of, you know, get and put their music somewhere where they had no idea about. So, And the most of them independent, too. At least everybody we brought on was independent. So, yeah, give them an opportunity to get a jump on everybody else. I'm down. Let's make it happen. All right. So I think um, I have won this week's bet um, on bringing the best, the best connection um, to the crew. Right, Carmen? So so you're going to have to fund that ETH wallet, baby. I, I, I like have a confession <laughs> session. The moment that you said you were going to give me a soundboard, I started downloading them. And I oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, you get you but check, get your soundboard. Check, check it out. I mean, okay. like, first off, we're we're welcoming Turbo. Made it to to the stage, and I'm gonna say hello to him. We also have Ada Girl. I just met her this morning, and you know, she was one of the organizers for the um, Cardano conference out here in Las Vegas. And you know, I was doing the who's who in the zoo out there. And I also got Foxy, the community manager from Clear Crypto. Girl, we're we're getting popular. What? Oh, have the. Have- Oh, what's so up, Turbo? Know. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna. If you have you ever met Turbo? Have no. you ever met Turbo before? Okay, I met Turbo. You know what? You're you know who Turbo is because Mistress, you your Miami conference over at the Women's Web Summit. This is the dude that was popping off with some really great like spoken poetry out there. Oh, okay, okay. Remember now? Okay, what's up, yeah. Turbo? GM, Yo, GM, GM, GM. I just actually, I came up, I, you know, I saw the space, so I definitely had to pop in, you know. I, I got my bell set for you, Carmen, and if everybody in here doesn't do that for these two queens right here, I'm telling you right now, you're messing up. Um, but I just, you know, I actually had an opportunity uh, to, to have a, you know, a really great conversation with Dragon Scales. Um, and this was like when I first came into the space, man, you know, and he has the same message today <clears throat> that he had then. And, uh, you know, like being where we are now, man, you know, I just appreciate, uh, you know, like what he's doing and what he's building um, and his integrity, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, even back, you know, shoot, almost like almost two years now, uh, you know, he, he had that same drive of like, we're only going to develop 
the best that we can, you know, and, and, and working with people. So I just wanted to come up and say it's good to see him. I'm excited to be tapping back in. I'm even more excited to hear, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, this might be something that you guys are getting involved in because that's really what we need is just to get people in. We just need to get people in there. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of talent. We need to, you know, it's a great way to connect. Um, you know, like I talk a lot about cyber emotional intelligence, and this is another way to extend the way that we intimately interact with each other, you know, in this virtual space. So I'm excited. I just want to come up and say hi, GM, GM. I'm going to drop back down to listener and take in some of this good knowledge. You're the best, Turbo. I got to learn how uh, fully Vox does th is those intros because that dude is on point. So, Mistress, uh, <laughs> I get into Jay Change's uh, meeting this morning. Ada Girl is asking, who's Carmen? And, you know, fully Vox, he's a voice actor. He goes, in a world full of Carmens where there can only be one. In a world full of Carmens where only, there can only be one Carmen. One Carmen stands out among them all. <laughs> it's Carmen Crypto. <laughs> And with her sidekick, the queen of crypto herself, bringing all the knowledge, dragon skills, get in the metaverse, if you dare. Ba -ba -bum. I love it, mistress. We, we be up early now. Like, this is a thing now. 2023 is mixing it up. I'm awake. <laughs> mistress, I can't hear you. Can everybody else hear her? I'm not interested. Sorry, I was, I? I was, I was un, unconnecting. Hope Marie's see me necklace. No, uh, no, no. I'm calling <laughs> you out. You sound guilty. You sound freaking no, no, guilty. Honestly, you honestly, close your wallet. Your wallet <laughs> no. Right now. no, I wasn't minting anything. Honestly, she was, asking me to, she was asking me to unhook a necklace. <laughs> she was getting yeah, in the right. shower. Uh, but... In a world full of fires. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. See, this is why she was not allowed the soundboard, guys. I'm just telling you right now. This was why. But, but I am super, super, super excited that Ada Girl joined us, and I hope um, she's uh, available to to take the mic. Um, but I know Dragon had his hand up, so please, if if you had a comment to to come back in on, um, jump right on in, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to say um, it's really healthy to start thinking of these different metaverse platforms as like social platforms that are coming. I mean, it's uh, it's just like when Twitter got started, like it was kind of a, you know, people didn't know the value that it was going to have today. And now all of a sudden spaces came up, people were playing around with them. And they were like, I don't know if the spaces are going to be that big or whatnot. All of a sudden, this is like literally the only place to meet people. And um, all these different metaverse platforms, it's kind of the same thing. Like you want your brand in there if you have a visual brand, especially uh, to be showcased, you know, it's like if people are spending time in these spaces and they're walking around, they're looking at cool stuff, it's going to matter whether or not they're seeing Nike logos or they're seeing like new balance, you know, like they're going to, they're going to get familiarized with the brands that they're regularly seeing in the spaces that they like spending time in. I think we should do like a kid space because, you know, like Brian's kids are, are 13 and, and one is turning 10 and these guys just live in those games and that's how they interact with their friends like that's not the light that's not the childhood i had right and these things are coming really natural to how they're interacting with their friends and things that they're into and sometimes i try to just observe that um because those are things that you know we're we're i i am not a gamer i don't live in those worlds but here i am in the web3 space 
and I have a voice and I have an ability to highlight and, and, and help expose great builders in this space. But when it comes down to the people that are most using this at the most like inherent behavioral level, um, it's really that generation. Right. I mean, they, they go to school, they hang out in real life and then they come home and they just live in these spaces and they choose to do that versus on the phone or through text message or even just like the, the normal voice chats that I use with like my family and you guys. Um, these guys are doing it where they're playing games or they just hang out and talk to each other, you know, in a corner of their <laughs> their blocks or whatever. <laughs> and, and it's very interesting. I would love to get a panel of these ki these age kids and just be like, you know, what's your day yeah. like, right? We're already doing that, Carmen. Um, but but I so for for MNFT um, with the conference in June, um, which tells me you didn't read the rollout, Carmen. Um, <laughs> a section of it is dedicated to family. Um, and I have been in Dragon's DM, um, you know, trying to get the information together to have him run that panel on the metaverse um, and making sure when we do the family corner and the family workshop that we have trusted sources, safe metaverses that families and kids can can interact with. Um, so, yeah, that tells me you didn't read the rollout, hey. Carmen. <laughs> Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Okay. <laughs> if I asked you what is the most current status on the Web3 Gang Frank Nitty Conference, you ain't no stuff because you and I just hey, shared. I had another meeting. Oh, now you know I'm going to jump in. Uh -uh. I can't let you slide. I can't let you slide with that one. Hold on a second. Daddy caught me up last night on it. He caught me up last night on it. I had another meeting. You dipped out fairly quickly. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna shut up. Um, we go, we gonna just slide past that. You but know what? Yes. People hurt people. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know I, mean? I consider it. I know it too. She and when I, she called just... me out. She called me I out. I guess we even. Um, <laughs> yes, we are even. We are even. Yes, I am. I, I am going to be scheduling some time to talk to Dragon Scale specifically on that topic. And he's going to be part of that panel, pretty much running the panel while it's already out here now. So I might just, just, just tell him what he's going to be doing in June is going to be putting, not only putting together the panel on who he wants to partake um, on, on that panel, but also having the display and doing the workshop um, with families in mind. Because you're absolutely right. When we did the web megaspace yesterday, Carmen, that was a big topic of conversation. And and the truth is, we're not teaching our kids. Our kids are teaching us about this technology, right? Um, and so that's definitely a market that we want to capture in essence in terms of education. And also for parents to be aware of some of the pitfalls and how they can safely navigate um, their children being in that atmosphere as well. Go ahead, Dragon Scale. Yeah, just um, as far as like the parental controls and stuff, some of these metaverses too, like they have almost no protection in place. Um, even being like VR chat, it's like you got a community of like 20,000 people actively online and there's nobody moderating any of the spaces. So you get all kinds of weird situations happening. And like, you know, being in the space and building, like we try to make as much of a uh, transparently friendly community that we can have. So like I've had people approach me where they're like, you know, I'm 15. I had an older person like basically come at me and try to like get me to, you know, partake in stuff. And I was like, you know, I want their usernames. I want the screenshots of anything. I want signatures that you guys, you know, basically are putting a statement out. 
and, um, you know, make sure that they're like literally willing to testify in court and then put all that paperwork forward to the servers to be like, hey, you guys have to take care of this. And and like there's just not enough stuff in place other than, you know, people like me in the community just doing it by ourselves. Um, kudos to you, man. I, I mean, again, this is why we talk about us having that standard for front row pass. Right, Carmen? Um, who are you exposing your community to? Are they part of that? circle of influence where you're you're confident in that you're exposing your community to people that operate their businesses with integrity so i love that you said that dragon scale ada can i just welcome a queen to the panel love to hear your input um and 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 a little bit about who you are welcome hey guys, thank you carmen um i am just so blown away that i just went to a random uh to me, it was random because I just thought, oh, this looks interesting. And I've just met so many friends today. I'm so happy. But I did want to mention about the metaverse. And my son is 10 years old and he plays rec room all the time. And um, I, I think there's also a level of responsibility for parents to be involved and to know what is going on. Um, because sometimes we tend to get busy, we don't really pay attention, but we definitely need to to know that there's some type of ownership for the parents as well. You can't just send them into a room, say, here you go, kid, you know, put this on, and, and they're out of your hair for a couple hours. So I always make sure that when he plays rec room, I am within earshot because you can still hear what is being said. For the majority of the time, there's always children I and mean, there's always children's voices. He's, you know, doing all his little things. But one night I was he I have my office right next to his bedroom. And then all of a sudden I hear a man's voice and I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So, I mean, I was cognizant. I was aware. However, I kind of shred. I mean, I kind of think, oh my gosh, what would have happened if I wasn't there and this person is sitting here talking to a room full of little boys, right? Um, so we do have to be careful of that. And I think there is a level of responsibility for parents to know what their kids are doing, what they're listening to, who they're playing with. Um, just like if you were in a park, right? You can't just let them go nuts in a park. You have to know what's going on. And so I love that you, there are some, some like I was reading again on, on Rec Room, that there are mods that, that kind of make sure that everything's okay and they try to make it as safe as possible. But if you go into a private room, that's when it gets sketchy right but i'm all for this metaverse i love it i do meditation with my vr um so that i mean there's so much potential that i don't want these small little things to make it to where the rest of us don't enjoy these things i i love that you you brought up the point of the parents right um i could tell you for me when when my kids were younger um, it's because um, I'm a techie in that aspect and I worked for Apple and I was fully continent, um, you know, fully aware of what the parameters are that I could set up for my kids. Um, and then I, I moved on up in the company at a management level um, and I would get calls, um, thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. Uh, and I'm going, you know, we make it really easy, right? We we make it super, super easy um, for you to have that control. Why are you not following these guidelines? Because they didn't know. Because that tech at the time, when they were setting up the phones for the kids, because you go to the store, you buy the phone, you buy the iPad, nine times out of 10, you're trusting 
um, you know, that particular person because it's their wheelhouse. When you say, oh, I'm getting this for my 10-year-old son, you're trusting them, right? You're trusting them to help you set it up because you said I'm getting it for my 10-year-old son. Um, and it's not because we're bad parents. It's simply because, um, you know, either it's a time constraint, right? So you just want them to do it and then you, you're busy doing something else or you just lack the knowledge on how, but there are features about having that particular device that you want for your child, right? So this is where I, I take, I, I, I kind of want to switch the narrative a little bit. Um, and with the conference, what we're actively doing with the workshop and the family corner is helping to educate the parents so that they have a little bit more control. See, data dumping is a big thing, right? Um, and that's how we seem to approach most adults. We data dump because we feel like you should know this. Um, bro, let me tell you, being a parent and then being a parent to neurodivergent children and being neurodivergent myself, I don't care what book you write. I don't care how many PhDs or the whole alphabet is behind your name. This is a lived experience, right? So to be able to sit with other parents and not feel judged that I don't know this stuff, um, just hearing you say, because this gets uploaded to the podcast, hearing you say, hey, this is what my son uses, and this is what that particular platform offers um, to make sure he's safeguarded. There's a parent that's going to hear that and go, oh, okay, so I can let them be involved in this kind of stuff. And to me, that's the power of community, right? It's lacking that judgment instinct and those preconceived notions in why don't you know this stuff? You're a parent. Bro, I just, I, I barely just got home and had enough time to say hi to my kids and tuck them into bed. Don't ask me to try to learn something more, right? So it's, it's having that understanding that, you know, in, in theory and then in practice are two different things, but we're here to help with no judgment. So I love that you came up to stage and you spoke from that personal experience because someone is going to hear it and benefit from it. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Dragon, you had a question? Yeah, just on top of that, um, I think it's like, it's important for parents to put that forward that like, that's a monetizable thing. If you have parental controls, if you have like more safety, that should be something that these companies are looking at as like a selling point. And that should be something that they're focusing, putting money into is like having some type of parental controls, safety systems, just like moderators for public lobbies. I mean, all those things should be points that they're saying, yeah, we can afford to put 10% of our revenue into that to make sure that that's in place because we're going to be able to sell that down the road. Ooh, now we're getting into the sexy stuff, right? Monetization of your data as you built out these worlds. And who is the labor force? For building out these rules, guys. Our kids. Our kids is the labor force. And they're not being compensated. And this is where I see the power of the blockchain saying, hey, hold up. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Um, this is what my platform is going to offer you as your kids build it out. Right? Um, because when you take a look at the giants in the industry, that's a multi-billion dollar uh, market for them. Um your kids ain't seen a penny of that Roblox. They don't see a penny of it. They don't see a penny of Minecraft. They have to go outside the platform um, to monetize content, right? And so if you are a builder in this space and you're building out metaverses and you're building out games, I want you to listen to the parents now because um, this is going to be key. You're going to have more people because this digital economy is here, 
right? You're going to have more people encouraging their children to participate on your platform when there's a monetization process in place. And let me explain. It does not mean that these kids are, are earning stupendous amounts of money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is give these parents the ability for their children to own the data because they are content creators, to own what they're building, right? And should those accounts become big enough, have a monetization process in place on your platform that rewards them for the work that they're putting in? Because this is how I see that playing out. Um, the way that I encourage my children to have good work ethic was rewarding for grades. And what happens for you to get a good grade? You have to work. You have to work. It doesn't come naturally to a lot of children. You have to work. So if you spend that hour after school doing your homework and you come home with an A, you get rewarded, right? And, and I had to learn the hard way to put a cap on that because my son hit me at 12 one time for like $1,500 because I didn't say, um, you know, oh, you get X amount. And then it's capped. My my, and I could say this. My dumbass was like, "Yo, bring me A's." <laughs> he did. And you know, I tell you, this kid was so smart. He picked up extra stuff so that he could get A's in and hit me for the tune of fifteen hundred dollars one semester, right? And my son, from from the time he entered school to the time he graduated, has bought home straight A's. He's never had an A minus or a B. He's bought home straight A's, right? So, you know, he, he got me for $1,500. I'm, I'm never going to forget that. So then I had to cap it, right? <laughs> I had to cap it. But it helped him build his, his work ethic where he understands, um, you know, I have to show up on time. I have to do what's required. And I expect compensation. So now he knows the value of what he brings to the table, Right. Um, I think it's a great way for us to help teach our children that work ethic and their value, because I feel like time being the one commodity that we can't get back. And they're spending so much of their time in these spaces that they should be able to monetize it so that it goes hand in hand. Go ahead, Dragon. Yeah. And as far as like monetization goes, um, you almost need somebody, you know, I guess like similar scenario to where I'm in, where I've been in like you know, 20 to 40, maybe 100 metaverses. Um, like I've kind of seen the landscape of how they deal with monetization in these different groups. And a lot of the ones that you were mentioning, you know, like even Minecraft or Roblox, there's not a whole lot of ways to monetize other than doing like YouTube videos and selling the content. Um, you could do like, you know, custom builds like that. Um, inside VR chat, you can't really monetize stuff, but you can put like a Patreon link so people could donate if they like your build. That would be something you could set up as a parent having an account that's like a Patreon. Um, so you can still hold the donations for them and track all that. Uh, another idea would be like the Unity Asset Store. If they were building specific items or if they were like, you know, creating their own stuff from scratch. Uh, yeah, you could upload stuff onto the Unity Asset Store. And it would take a little bit longer to do. But if you had a company uh, like me basically guiding you through those steps, it'd be a little bit easier to set up on your guys' end because that'd be kind of hard to do. It's like it'd probably take about a day to set up even for me. Wow, I, I, I can literally in my mind see Danny taking notes over there <laughs> because he's <laughs> my kids are holding out, right? Um, you know, I can see Danny taking notes going, man, I'm not buying this kid anything until he starts producing income. 
<laughs> but but it but that's that's what it takes, right? That's what it takes is having these conversations that we like to have here at the Queens of Crypto, where we're talking to real innovators and builders in this space that offers up options. So now you have that plethora of choices, right? And that's important. Like that was the key thing and the beauty and the infinite potential for me for Web3 is that I now had choices, right? I took control. I am in command. Um, and so people are just not understanding, I think, for a lot of us, we, we switch. And I can only speak about here in the United States, right? We've got a two-parent um, income household. And so the school system has become the babysitter and it's been that way for a while. And so you have those parents that get home. Um, it's just enough time for them to put dinner on the table, grab a five-minute conversation with their kids. But the bulk of the time, their kids are in these spaces, right? So now start taking a look at AI, metaverses, virtual reality, augmented reality, extended reality, and see the opportunity that it offers for your children to be able to skill up, to learn a skill on a fun level that may have them be predisposed as they go on along the educational journey so that they can demand their worth in the workforce, right? Because they've acquired these skills over time. Remember, a big part of your resume is life experience, right? Um, don't think that a housewife has no contribution to give to your company. You would be 100% wrong in that. She has excellent time management skills, budgeting skills, um, creative content skills. There's so much a housewife has to do at home, um, you know, for her family. So those are lived experiences. So, uh, so understanding your child growing in the educational path as they continue to have these life experiences as they play and build because their imagination is not yet capped. Um, it, I think, I think the tie in for education um, and how they continue to learn and grow, um, these platforms are going to play a major part in it. Go ahead, Dragon. Yeah, I was going to say while we're on the parental uh, discussion still, um, something that hasn't even been in place yet. It's not even a technology that's implemented, but something that either will be built soon or I will build it myself. Um, you can have object recognition on some of the player canvases. So imagine that there's like an invisible square in front of you inside the metaverse. You can set up an object recognition system to look for things like, uh, like nudity. And then you could say, well, if you see any nudity, then just set up like a blur area to block out that area. And that would be like a parental control that I haven't seen developed yet, but it wouldn't be that hard to make. And like if there was funding for it, if there was a platform for it, um, that's something I'd be capable of doing. We just don't quite have the time and funding to, to do that right now. Possibilities, possibilities. I love that. I love that. So we, we've talked about um, how the metaverse can tap in. To, to so much potential, right? So I, I you know, again, I, I'm already in your DMs. We're going to have to set um, a time you and I get together and, and really talk about putting my businesses um, in that metaverse setting because I need to build that community, right? I want to have access to that community. And I want to do it as, as time, time effective as I can. So if it's just a landing page that I can update assets to um, and you're able to show me how to do that, I'm all in, right? Um, if it's not something that I feel like I'm capable of doing myself, I'll be happy to contract your services for, um, you know, to me, that value that I save on my time 
is going to outweigh any risk of spending the money to create it, right? Um, but I have been down the rabbit hole of AI, um, specifically AI in terms of writing and art creation. Um, and I got my question answered because um, I think it was Admiral, and I still have to do my, my due diligence on this dragon unless you know for a fact. Um, she had said that there was a federal court ruling um, that said that you would be covered for copyright um, if you acknowledge the platform that you utilize to create the content. So whether that content creation was art or a written article or a book, whatever it was, if you acknowledge that, you know, for example, my profile picture for Mitch's Money was created using PhotoLeap, right? So I acknowledge that that AI art creation, even though it was my photo, um, I used a Gothic filter, was created using AI by PhotoLeap, right? That I would be covered, and if I were to monetize my content, they couldn't come after me um, for any of that money if I choose to monetize that content, right? Um, and I still need to check that court case to make sure um, that that's a legit thing. But as a business owner, where we seeing the trend for all of these virtual environments, extended reality, um, you know, I want to make sure in utilizing um, artificial intelligence in any part of my business, how do I cover myself, right? Um, what do you have to weigh in on that, Dragon? Yeah, you really have to understand what pieces are used to build that. Um, because like Canva, for example, um, that has like a built-in AI that you can use for like making a background image. Now, let's say you have a background image, you set a blur to it. It would be almost impossible for anyone to nail that down to where it came from. So something like that, I would think, would never have an issue. Um, but when you're looking at like like a collage where people are mixing different pictures together, uh, some of those are trained using traditional art. I mean, well, I mean, all these using traditional art, but some of those are trained using art pieces that could be uh, either stolen somewhere and then somebody else said it was theirs and it gets dragged into this thing or it was on a search engine or it was mistakenly uploaded on like a, a big platform, you know, like uh, Canva, for example, actually had a font that I was using for one of my companies. And uh, we backtraced the font later because we were trying to use it on my website. And it turned out it was actually a, a copywritten font over in Korea. And they had a, a license where nobody was allowed to use it. But for some reason, Canva had it in their library. So I'm paying for premium and they're saying that I can use it. And then it's not even like a real legitimate thing. So there's a lot of questions to look into for stuff like that, um, especially with AI. It's just like really vast right now. OMG, I, I wow. I am, I'm so surprised you said that because here, this is why I don't use um, and this is where Carmen is going to jump in. Why? Because <laughs> I have 10,000 subscriptions. This is why I don't use free trials, right? I want to be able to make sure that wherever I post that content under the terms of use, to me, I'm not going to go read it. I'm just assuming if, if you're telling me I can access this premium content if I have a premium account, it's my understanding that, okay, that means I'm free to use it without any penalty, right? That's how that works. Um, and so it's trusting these services, um, but you have to do your due diligence and read those terms of use, read the terms and conditions, because you do yourself and your brand a disservice if you don't. Um, but on average, I spend, I, I want to say maybe three to $400 a month on subscriptions. Um, and I am looking to streamline that process, but I have five brands that I split it over. And my problem is, for example, I use Flowgen 
for Queens of Crypto, right? What it does, it gives me access to my Twitter space within two hours. I don't have to condense the file. I'm literally within five minutes, my, my podcast is ready to upload. The other way is to wait the 48 hours for Twitter to give me the content. And then I still have to pay to condense it because now they have attached any, you, like if I, if you put a tweet, um, you know, people retweet the room or there's anything on the Jumbotron, it takes up that space as well. So a 30 minute, um, you know, Twitter space is, is no longer some megabytes. It is a gigabyte. I can't upload that to the podcast. So I pay for Flowgen that um, does all of this for me and I get that content downloaded. I'm good to go. I have nothing to worry about, right? Um, but it only allows me to log one Twitter account. I've got five, right? And so- How much you're paying for that roughly? Um, I, got, I got grandfathered in because I was part of their beta tester. And I paid $27.99. Um, but now if you go to get it, it's like 40 bucks for the plan that I have. Okay. Just as an idea to anybody that would want that, um, you could set up a program called Audacity. It's actually for like audio recordings, real basic. And there's a uh, setting on there that you can switch over to. Instead of a microphone, you can set it to uh, Waspy, which is like the Windows audio API. Um, you can record directly from Windows Audio, whatever it's sending out to the speakers. So you could actually put uh, like Twitter spaces up on your PC and just leave that playing through the audio speakers and then record it through Audacity. And you'd be able to mess with the audio. You could put like a normalizer, you could cut out any sections and that would be fully available like as soon as you got done with the Twitter space. So just an idea for an alternative and that's wow. free to use too. Wow, I, I, I love that. but. Here's here's the reason why I use I use Flowgen is that five minutes. It's because I don't edit um, the Twitter space. I don't edit the Twitter space at all. Um, this is recorded, so when it's uploaded, is it's it's everything, right? I don't edit it, and then it gives me the option to create either a YouTube clip or a TikTok clip. And I I really a lot of the subscriptions that I utilize for business, um, a lot of it is just testing what works, what doesn't work. And I uploaded one clip that was twenty three seconds to TikTok got over 800 views on it right um did it increase my following on on TikTok for queens of crypto no um it was just views right so now i'm weighing whether or not that portion of it really works well for me um because again it is giving additional exposures to the the you know the people that we feature in the space um and the conversation that we talk about because i wanted to have value right um when I take a look at some of the free services that they have to offer, I find like I have to do a lot more work, which leads me into talking about AI and the tools as a business portion of it, right? I was looking at Jasper. Um, Jasper in boss mode is $100 a month. It's 100 bucks a month. But five brands, blog content, Twitter posts, um, you know, YouTube stuff, um, TikTok stuff. Um, I could get it all in that one platform, but that's a hundred bucks a month. So I'm really struggling as a bootstrapping business to say, okay, where should I be allocating these resources? Because I understand AI is a tool that helps me with time management. So I'd love to have your input on that, Dragon. Yeah. Um, something that happened to me recently that, that kind of ties into this I reached out to one of the platforms. I think it was um, 
so for our coders, a lot of times it's hard to explain what people are spending time on. So we have like a time tracker for all the different coders. So they can just put a label of like, here's what I'm working on. They press record and it just tracks their, their work. And you can see if they were idle, if they were doing stuff. So we started using that one and you can set up to like five people um, for free. And then when you get to the sixth person, it's like 200 bucks a month. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I would never add my sixth person. I would just keep it at five, even if I had to make two separate accounts. And I don't know why they, you know, we're doing it that way. So their customer service rep was reaching out to me. Yeah, if you have any questions, just let us know. And I was like, yeah, I don't understand you guys' business model. If I want to scale as a small company, you guys can't get any revenue from me because I would never bother with it. Like that first step is way too steep for me. And so we actually set up an email back and forth with one of their uh, representatives. And uh, we're looking at meeting up to discuss how we can, I guess, better align with like a startup business and how much that would cost. Because there's like 10 different platforms like that where the first entry level step is $200 a month. And I'm like, we'll just never take that step. We'll just always utilize the free service. And they're all missing out on revenue because of that. So yeah, I would say even look into getting a meeting with them because a lot of these guys are trying to restructure. They just don't know how. And they're kind of not understanding uh, you know, how much money they're missing out on. Yeah, I, I, I would tell you if there, there are any devs in the room, man, give me an all-in-one. Give me an all-in-one platform that um, even if you charge for the second or third business, give me an all-in-one where I can manage my, my Twitter, my blog, my content creation for TikTok, my content creation for YouTube, um, and give it to me in the format specifically to each of those platforms and give it to me all-in-one, right? Let me be able to connect all five of my Twitter accounts to your platform and I write a tweet you know, I have you generate a tweet and post it automatically for me for each one of those Twitter accounts, right? Um, you know, for, for my three TikTok accounts, let me be able to generate content as I feed it in, um, you know, and you post it automatically for me. Time management is where I'm at. And I'm almost willing to say I will, I will give up my NFT addiction so that, you know, I'm, I'm not wasting so much time trying to create content, um, you know, and then post it individually to each of these accounts. Can I uh, chime in with an option for you? Have you heard of uh, Airtable at all? Have you tried that one? No. Okay, so Airtable far- has like 250 integrations that are built in for like automated systems. And there's quite a few different APIs that you can tie into. I've used that for Safe Hamsters uh, for about six months when we did the, the automation for them. Uh, you know I'm typing right now, right? Like you said Airtable? Yeah, it's Airtable. Um, I think that works directly with Notion, which is what we used to use to embed um, different like, I don't know, like read-alongs and dashboards and stuff. We'd have analytics put into Notion. And that was a free one we used. But Airtable, that's got like a, that's got a free and a paid one. Probably get the paid one on there. Um, but you can put all the content map on there. You can put the Kanbans for mapping out what people are working on what. You can have multiple dashboards for different companies, and uh, that might be an all-in-one solution if you like working with the platform. You know, if you don't like it, obviously don't use it, but that's a possibility of one that you might like. Wait, this this means I got to build something? Bro. Bro. Well, I mean, it depends what you mean by <laughs> Wait. As far as building, like, there's, uh, there's API integrations that might have to be hooked up, but I haven't used it in, like, six months, um, maybe, like, a year even. So they might have had new stuff on there, but uh, they do have a lot of plugins that you can use too. So 
I'd have yeah, to take that, a look at it, honestly. Yeah, that's what it says. Accelerate work and unlock potential with powerful apps that connect your data, workflows, and teams. This is how. Yeah, no. <laughs> Dude, Carmen doesn't even post on the Twitter account, okay? She makes me Sue do me. all the stuff. Sue me. Sue me. I do a lot of other <laughs> great things. Though. Like, I'm not a total loss. No, no, never that. Never that. Never that. Um. <laughs> So you see what I'm stuck with, right? You 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 see what I'm stuck with. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> wait, let me explain. Let me explain. Uh, We're about to turn me... this into a Fight Club. No, girl. it's not Fight Club. <laughs> uh, everybody plays within their wheelhouse on the team, right? Um, and and so because I am obsessive, I'm the one that does all the other stuff, right? But Carmen Carmen is charming and and likes to be out, and I don't. I don't like leaving my home. Carmen enjoys being out and meeting people, and I don't. So I I'm out everywhere. I'm driving. I'm traveling. I'm in the meetings yeah. and in the in-person yeah. meetings and all that kind of stuff. And and you know what? Like, I, guys like facts. Like people don't like that. Sometimes I'm really bad at Twitter. Like I'm bad at socials, and and it's just not my thing. In fact, sometimes I come back and I'm like, how much is it going to cost for a social media manager? Because I know people lean on my relationships and my network, and they want to use my social platforms to get their exposure out. But what it comes down to is like, guys, like my day to day life, sometimes I forget to eat. So if you're mad at me for like missing a tweet or retweeting something like I, I missed a taco somewhere in the mix. I am dying. Oh, now I want tacos. Now I want tacos. Uh, tacos so yeah, now I want tacos. But, but see, <laughs> those... <laughs> hey, mistress, but wait, 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 wait. Before, uh, before we go, I, you know, because you guys are having such a great convo. I know Ada Girl had to leave. You know, she's one of the organizers for the um, upcoming uh, Cardano conference, which was one of the best conferences I went to in terms of exposures to projects. Those guys are the real deal. But I also put up on the Jumbotron information about Dynasty's uh, Twitter space tomorrow because Danny's doing something a little different, which is he's having um, an IP lawyer come in and have a great conversation. So if you're interested in the type of combo that this is, you're definitely going to want to hop into tomorrow night's uh, Twitter space where it's hosted by Danny Hamilton, um, the founder of Dynasty.io, and Mistress Money. So that's, that's who's behind the Queen's Crypto logo PFT today. And, you know, you guys definitely want to go into the Friday nights. I used to not go to them because I, I disconnect from Web3 at like 7 p.m. PST. But these guys keep me up. They get me fed, and I, and I hang out with them. Um, and they're always bringing in really cool artists, but tomorrow sounds like a really great conversation with Danny. I, here. I, I will tell you this. Um, <laughs> Danny left, so I'm just going to put it out there. We often uh -oh. have to delete that space. <laughs> Facts. Facts. I don't know why. Why do we even call it Web3 Radio? We should just call it Delete This. Um, no kidding, right? And then especially when Frank Nitty gets in there and then you yep. get all inside scoops of everything hip-hop and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, it's way better than, like, TMZ. We went we went one night till 3 a.m. because he was playing um, um, It's Not Out Yet was Young Gritty's entire album. We, get to, we got to listen to his entire unreleased album. We had to delete that space after. Um, but we heard his entire unreleased album and that kid is just fire it is just 
fire. We've had some really talented artists on there. So if music is your thing and you're an independent artist and you're looking um, to understand how this space works um, and just try to, to, to just understand where that power is, tomorrow night is definitely when you want to tune in because that's what's important for a music artist, right? And, and I won't just say a music artist. I would say for creators in the space as a whole, those IP rights, when you're giving it away, right? Because remember, when you give it away, that's in perpetuity. That means every time that item is resold, bought and resold, um, you're not getting anything from it by giving away your IP, uh, uh, um, IP rights. That's in perpetuity. So you need to be aware of what IP rights are, um, why you should control it, um, and, and if you choose to give access, um, what are the parameters that you want to give access to? So it's going to be a great conversation. And thank you for that reminder, Carmen, on, on um, having them tune in. Did we lose Dragon? Oh, my God, we lost our feature speaker. <laughs> Carmen kicked him out. No, I did not. I was not it. Playing. I was not this playing. time. I didn't have to round and find out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was just playing. Um, Black Dragon. Maybe that's him coming back. I don't know. Let's see. Let's say hello to Black Dragon. Hello, Black Dragon. Restarting my other Okay, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a backup account. I got about maybe probably 12 backup accounts just in case. So they can't keep me out forever. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So now you understand why I have like 10 to 15 Twitter accounts. <laughs> I do. God I forbid like you are coming to all of the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, no, you got it. Listen, it's the neurodivergence in me. I don't, I don't know. Um, you got to have a backup to the backup to the backup. I believe, I believe in that 1000%. Right. So, you, you know, I, and, and this is why I, I love the fact that, that you're in a space dragon where you can really expound on what you're doing, what you're building, how you operate, because I really don't get a chance to get that in the morning with you, right? Because there's just so many speakers there. Um, and I am a very appreciative of all of the feedback you're giving me and the, the, the things that I can utilize. Um, I just kind of want to re-sum up because we're at 1.33 and we go till 2 p.m. And I want to make sure that I'm capturing the best information for me and my brand. Um, so we talked about doing a landing page in the metaverses um, as a way to capture an audience as well. Um, do you have preferences? Ones that you can uh, um, give your opinion on and say, hey, um, you know, this is an engaging community. Because, you know, what a lot of people will do is they hear metaverse and they think of sandbox. Um, and, and I think it's so much more than that. And you talked about the user base on there. That could be totally different on, on spatial, for example, right? Um, are you are you willing to share like your top five? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm like pretty biased too, but like I've also put in the work and I've really looked at like where I can get exposure. So like I've been to, like I said, maybe about a hundred different metaverse platforms, just looking for what works. And uh, yeah, some of the ones I'm just like I'm not quite there. Like Decentraland is like a decent platform. There's a decent sized community. There's lots of events. There's lots of money there. But then when you really dig into it, I'm like, man, there's just not a lot going on. Every time I go on, it's like hard to find stuff. It's hard for me to build their their uh, their SDK is like real difficult to work with. And, and then you get platforms like Meta where 
they were like, oh, you can't build unless you're building on our platform. So I'm like, well, as a developer, I already have, you know, all these assets that I made. And now you're telling me that I'm gated from your community. I'm like, well, I'm not coming you know, over there to build stuff. So all of a sudden they end up collapsing because they're not opening the doors to developers. And I'm like, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of funny to see. It's like, why would you think that that would work if you're gating all the people who want to do the work for you for free and telling me that I can't bring my stuff over? Um, so all of a sudden they have nobody developing for them and they're like, oh man, we can't just keep throwing money at it. It's not going to work. Um, so yeah, that being said, um, VR chat is still my number one, uh, specifically because it's the benchmark of where the technology is at. Um, when you like put on a VR headset, you're in an immersive space. Some of the other platforms are trying to tap into that. I mean, even Decentraland was trying to do that, but like their platform, in my opinion, isn't capable of doing the things that you can get in VR chat. I mean, just like the world quality, the immersive experiences, like the things that I've seen in there, it's just so vast and you can world hop for days. It's like when you go into some of these other spaces like spatial, you might get maybe 10 to 20 different worlds that are always number one. And it's just kind of that. And if you go in there to meet people, you're not really going to find anybody. You're just kind of in this big empty space uh, because a lot of the people building, they're building specifically for one reason. And usually that's exposure. You know, they're not building to like hang out there. Uh, another platform to consider, which I wouldn't even say this is a metaverse platform, but as a social platform, there was an old one way back in the day. It was uh, IMVU. And that was like a metaverse style space. And people would hang out in there and they'd have like a user base of 200,000 people. And when you compare that to some of these crypto platforms, you know, no offense to them, but they're just a little bit too early and they don't have the user base, and the community focus. So, yeah, it's really hard for me to even give a list of other ones besides VR chat. It's like it's so far from where everything else is. If I had to, I guess spatial would be the second best. And then other than those two, I might have to even go down to Decentraland just because they've been putting more work into having some type of events. And they've been trying to develop and adapt because they have all these land plots. They have all this money poured in there and there's nothing going on. So they're kind of scrambling to like catch up to everybody else. Um, I think other sides going to be pretty wild to see once that comes out. So I've been keeping an eye on them. Um, they have the tech there. That's really important, but I don't think they have VR capabilities. So yeah, it's, um, I guess those are probably my top four. I, I can't really think of other ones that I was impressed with. There were a lot that I went in that, like you said, they were kind of clunky. They didn't have the tech on point. They just weren't ready. And uh, it's going to be some time until we really see them shine. I like that. I'm definitely going to be, be checking those out. Um, I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek um, because in two weeks, we're going to have this extraordinary young lady I heard in a space and just... FOMO'd over. I'm going to use a crypto word to describe it. FOMO'd over. Harlem's first lady. Carmen. Are you fangirling out Carmen. again? I, You're fangirling I mean, out? I've, I've well, seen. Well, we have I've, When Media I've, next week, right? We've got When Media next week. Yep. But the week after that, we're going to have Harlem's first lady. I don't think you've yeah. met her yet. But but this is, yeah. So, so um, feel free to weigh in on the conversation because I know this is your wheelhouse, my love. Um, you're a strong voice for artists and musicians. Um, in addition to that, you're a powerful voice for the BIPOC community. And so our topic um, today 
was really talking about the metaverse and AI and business tools that we can utilize. Um, and that's what Dragon Scales are featured speaker. But I know you have something to add to the conversation. So please go right on, go right ahead, love. Love and light, my beautiful queen. Appreciate you so much. I wasn't really um, looking to speak today as you invited me to be a speaker um, at a later date. But yeah, I've, I'll keep it short. I'm a metadata specialist and analyst. If I'm talking music, I have to talk about the metadata. If I'm talking about metadata, I'm referring to your digital identifiers. And when I'm referring to digital identifiers, I'm referring to the way that you encode the back end of your content. Whatever content you're distributing, that is a form of publishing. As it relates to licensing and sync licensing, again, your portals and that encoding of your content has to be primary in your life. If you're just creating content to simply use third-party aggregators or AIs, to um, pump your material out. I'm not really the individual for you because I, um, I'm, in the, I'm in an environment of commercial ads that pay me. I'm in an environment of licensing and, and other people doing the marketing for me in other, ter in, in other territories where that the stream of income just kind of flows and I'm not really chasing it. If you're interested in chasing money, I'm certainly not the one for you. If you're interested in attracting money and activating portals so that way your work works for you and you actually have an asset, if you're interested in, in, in protecting yourself on the books with a copyright and trademark, even your damn life insurance, right? This is the problem that a lot of these DAOs are missing. They're not they're not asking their members if they have a freaking insurance policy, right? Because when we think about what our net worth is, that's the only piece of documentation that's going to highlight your net worth is what you look like on paper after you are gone. You can find out your net worth now, but if you don't have that policy in place, I'm going to tell you right now, your life is worth nothing. And, and again, when I speak, it, it, it's a little harsh, you know, so so if you're really interested in, in tapping in with me, I'm going to be very harsh. I'm going to come with love, lots of light, but I'm going to get you inspired to do some magical shit. All right. And that's all I got for y'all today. I am Harlem's First Lady, Juanita Purcell, professionally. Peace. Don't tell Brian I'm in love. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you, I told you, um, powerful voice, but you know, he, here's the thing, um, when you're passionate and, and I don't consider it harsh, um, it, it's when you're passionate, you tend to be emphatic in how you speak. And I will take that any day over the bullshit, right? Um, you know, I want to be a part of a circle of influence with people that operate with integrity. Um, I love that you said, if you're chasing money, I ain't the one, don't even bother calling me, right? Because um, I've said that before. Um, you've got to stop chasing the dollar and start chasing the value, right? Um, and I, I am absolutely 100% um, in par with you. 
um, you know, you've got to start taking control of your brand, of your content, and your business. If it's a side hustle, then it remains a side hustle, and I have no space for you in my conversation, right? I'll support you as a friend. As a business, however, I can't support you because that's your side hustle, right? I am very conscious of my brand and where I put it and who I partner with. Um, so if you just treat it as a side hustle, um, I can't because this is my brand. This is my business. This, I eat, sleep, drink uh, this 24-7. Um, so Carmen and I are very protective of our brand for the Queens of Crypto. Um, Corey Bites, um, Carmen and myself are very protective of our brand for Front Row Pass. And I'm very protective of my brand, MNFT LLC, right? Um, because again, I chase the value. I don't chase the dollar. Um, and that network, when you talk about show me your network, um, you're talking about showing me your network, right? And this is where I feel like Carmen really comes in as the powerhouse. Like when people talk money, they can't talk money with me. I straight up go, yeah, that's a Carmen conversation. Um, because she hits you with the when, why, where, and how, right? Like this is, this is my value that I bring now. Yeah, she calls it sniffing butts. <laughs> you know? I sure do. <laughs> Go ahead, Carmen. I'm sorry, I'm a mute, but it cracks me up every time you say it. Yeah, you know, gosh, it takes me back to a time where like somebody wasn't on the soundboard quick enough and then a fart came in like shortly after I said that sentence. And everybody loves that. You know, they like the who's who in the zoo. They like, you know, hey, you know, when I meet people and we get on discovery calls and we're talking business and we're trying to find synergistic ways to support each other. Uh, yeah, it, I call that sniffing butts. Like it's like dogs meeting for the first time, and I just want to see what's up. And I kind of, in this world, and in, in th doing business in this space, we kind of need to get up people's asses and figure out really what they're about. Like you need to see if anybody else is up their ass with a puppet hand, right, telling them what to do, and and if they really understand their business or is this somebody who's just replicating and copying and pasting code and you know or is it a group of people that came together and said oh this is a this is funny and then all of a sudden they want to build a business around that without you know it coming from a good place where it's like hey I want to make this impact I want people to get this out of it and based on that result I'm going to work backwards and kind of build for that and make sure that that's the big vision um you know how how teams build we're we're also as builders right now in this market we're anticipating that there's going to be an influx of people coming in that maybe have a similar journey as us, and they get scammed and then all of a sudden they get really like distrusting. And so they, they huddle together with their trusting friends and then ideas spun out. Well, we want to make sure that we're giving people the best tools and that we have mentors in place and people taking stage as often as possible, even if they're uncomfortable communicating. Like I've watched so many members of our community like be fantastic at what they do and yet they have to be brave to be able to take on another professional competency of communication to be able to market expose and and be a mentor and a influencer in this space and I say influencer in the sense of like more of like an educator and advocate um dragon skills what you got to say yeah I just wanted to say that like yeah coming into the space um that was like such a frustrating thing for me is like seeing some of these groups that get together and they're just like, they're making a joke out of something. All of a sudden they do a billion dollars in sales. 
And I'm sitting here like putting work in day after day after day. And I'm like, man, I can't even get a retweet on my posts. I'll put like eight hours in making a, a virtual sync and I show a video of it and it's like, nobody really cares. And I'm like, man, I'm really like, you know, busting my ass on some of the stuff. And um, yeah, it's like, it's disheartening to see that. But now that it's like a year later, I'm starting to get where I have all this stuff behind me. I have all these things that I've learned along the way. And those people that were doing these like funny projects that they didn't really care about, they fell off like a long time ago and they spent their money on dumb stuff. And, and they're all back to working nine to fives in a warehouse somewhere. And, and it's, uh, it's finally paying off. So like to be able to show people that are coming in the space, that potential of like why it's important to put the work in and how that actually does pay off. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's so important to get them the resources they need to grow their business in that way. So yeah, I do appreciate Absolutely. you guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm when I first thought, I thought that it was like, you know, we had, it was like commercials in the telegram, right? People come in, oh, can I give a proposal marketing? I got this and that. And people were, businesses were really like running off of that operational thing instead of going out there and finding other builders that have innovative technology that they can partner with and then communities collide. And right now, it's about, for me, quality. So for, for example, in all the spaces that I'm in, when you go into the audience, and, and this is a good example here, you're going to take a look and, and go into each one of these audience members profile, and you're going to see that we have mostly builders. We have CEOs, founders, COOs, you know, community managers coming in from all different, you know, corners of our space. And for me, that's a great sign that we're, we're attracting organic quality of builders. So we know that that's a good result for our intention. We know that we want to create an audience that's going to give a stage for builders to come and take, you know, the, the spotlight and share what they're passionate about. And we get to know who they are, not just the data dump of their details, tokenomics and, you know, rarity assets and, and their metaverse ideas. This is more than that. This is like, hey, what are where you know, like let's zoom out and and let's really talk about some of these big things as a group because now we can see it from so many different lenses. And I'm loving that. And there's conversations going in the background saying, hey, look at all the gems and the talented people that are taking stage, all of the information and the alpha that's being dished out, and yet we're under a hundred people in the room. And to Dragon Scale's point, you go into something that has no utility, nothing but hype, and those guys are in there. But you can tell from the quality of the audience that those guys are there for, for the pump, right? Um, so I would much rather be in a very intimate conversation like what we're having right now and keep that good integrity of the, the conversation at the all-time high. What up, Dragon? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah was, absolutely. I, was, I was just going to type in here before I lose Harlem's first lady um, because an early part of our conversation was talking about as Dragon builds out metaverses and he has talent coming to him, he tells them straight up in transparency that, hey, I, I'll build out the visuals for you, but it's your responsibility to make sure that you're protecting your content. And, um, you know, I know this is very much Harlem's first lady wheelhouse. So maybe this is where you two connect Whereas he has talent coming to him for those visuals that, you know, he passes that business on um, to Harlem's first lady so that she helps them protect their content. That's dope. Just want to make that little connection. Yeah, it's all good. Um, Dragon is already on my calendar. It's already part of my frequency. Most folks are. I just don't really talk about it because it's, you know, I'm an activator and um, my work shows through the work and my clients. 
Um, Dragon is certainly on my calendar. He's actually scheduled for top of my next week. So I do appreciate the connection, but we are totally tapped in. Thank you so much. Ashe Queen. Go ahead, Dragon. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, buddy. I don't know. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure how much time we had, so I wanted to rebuttal on some of the points. Um, when we started off the space, you were kind of taking some shots at VR, and I wanted to rebuttal on that stuff. Um, some things that, like, I always love to showcase as far as VR potential and, like, what stuff it can really be a part of, because, like, I don't see that being a hype thing, and I don't see the metaverse thing as being something that's going to completely die out. Definitely, there's a lot more projects uh, kind of pretending and trying to figure out their space in there. Um, but I think that's healthy for any new industry. Um, but some of the points I wanted to bring up was um, there's potential for like PTSD treatment and exposure therapy, uh, specifically for like phobias. If you have a, a fear of flying, imagine being able to put on a headset and be on a plane virtually and know that you can take that off at any point but you can start getting your body used to what that would feel like and being a little bit more comfortable in scenarios. Um, they've used that for like uh, battle training for people too, where they've been in a scenario and they want to be able to play that back to get them to relive what took place. So that way they can start the healing process mentally. Um, some other stuff would be like uh, virtual zoos and museums. Um, there's a lot of places that you'd love to be able to travel. You know, you see that a lot with like art museums. Um, you want to be able to go to them, but like you can't, just fly everybody over to Europe like anytime you want. So that might be something to uh, be able to tour that virtually. Um, historical events, that'd be another thing. Um, there's stuff that took place that like being able to relive that and walk through a battlefield that like, you know, was some uh, crazy historical event would be just like, you know, really cool for learning purposes. Um, and then, yeah, obviously like back to social platforms. But yeah, just some ideas I wanted to throw out there for use case. No, I love it. I will tell you right now, it will not partake in the flying. I hate flying. You couldn't, you couldn't, no, no, just no, just no. That's my resistor right there. Just no. Um, <laughs> I hate to fly. I hate to fly. If a boat can take me there and a car can take me there, I'm all in. Um, that's a phobia I don't want to get over. Nope, not happening. Um, <laughs> but you do make a very valid point because as a parent, I utilized that tactic years ago. Um, in terms of opening up my children to cultures that are outside of the United States. And we utilize YouTube virtual um, galleries. And um, a big part of it was cooking, right? Um, the kids got to pick from which culture we, we, we made a meal together on. And this was typically on a Saturday night. Um, and, you know, the kids will literally twirl the world map and, just land in a spot and then we go look it up and look at what their national dish was. And let me tell you, man, there's been some heartache in picking some shit. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> there's some heartache in some of the stuff we created, right? Uh, we had that bonding experience together. Um, but because I was a single parent, um, and, and I don't even want to say because I was a single parent, I, I'm just going to say as a parent where finances did not allow for that trip in person, it, I utilize that tool to really help grow my children with an understanding that they have to think outside their bubble, right? So your bubble is not just here in the United States. There's a broader world um, that you need to be taking a look at. And as a consequence, um, you know, the twins, Hope Marie is fascinated with Korean culture. Um, she's always wanting to cook something 
um, you know, and Korean based. And, and my son is absolutely fascinated with Japanese culture. Um, you know, and, and his goal, his current financial goal is to earn and save enough to take a trip to Japan. Right. So, uh, yes, I am in total agreement with you, but that's virtual reality. It's not a metaverse setting. And for me, I think that's the distinction um, that I struggle with, because when when you say virtual reality, I understand the tech behind it. I can put on the goggles. I can be immersed in that that technology. And to me, that makes sense. When you say a metaverse, um, you know, I'm logging in somewhere and it's taking up so much space on my computer because I've tested out quite a few. Um, and it's like, okay, no, I'm bored. God, um, I love that you're highlighting this because what ha what's happening in these spaces is this general talk as if it's such a one, two, three experience when technically it's a whole mission. And I love that highlight. Thank you. I appreciate you. Go ahead, Dragon. I know you, you had your hand up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could talk for days about this. I'm trying not to interrupt it much. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good point. I was going to add two other things with VR, um, which, yeah, it's not metaverse specific, but um, with public speaking, that's kind of something you can test out in the metaverse areas. You can also do that just in any VR area, really. Um, but it's just something to kind of get used to, you know, standing on a stage. You could have uh, maybe like 20 real people. You could have a whole bunch of fake people just to practice. Um, it's something for like theater, even if you wanted to practice your lines and you don't have anybody nearby, um, you could hop on, you know, a VR headset with somebody and they could be right in their own basement and you could set up, uh, you know, like a teleprompter right on the screen there and you could just practice your lines back and forth with somebody or you could record yourself and then just talk to yourself in there. I guess that'd be another option. Um, and then as far as tourism, uh, when you're traveling places, you could use a VR headset to get like familiar with your surroundings so when you're actually there in person, you don't feel like lost. You're not looking around trying to look for landmarks and trying to remember like the Google Maps view. Um, you can actually walk through the area as if you were there. And then it's just familiar when you get there. So you don't feel like this uh, weird out of place experience for the first time. So, yeah, just some other ideas to throw out there. I I will tell you. Well, before I get into that, um, Carmen, you know how we fangirl, right? I'm, I'm just going to tell you, Dr. Tammy's in our audience. Um, I saw I, that. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you've hit it big when you capture her time. That's all I'm going to say. We can't afford her time. But you hit it big when, when we capture her time. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, <laughs> thank you and welcome, Dr. Tammy. Um, but so here's, here's something that I, I wanted to ask you, right, um, Dragon? In, in, so Yomi, I think when, when we sat down and we started to talk about um, the CME project for neurodivergence, and, and building out the world. She did such an excellent job in, in creating um, the space for the classroom. A lot of work and revisions went into it, right? I would love to see that classroom come to light. Um, because it's, it's, it's about neurodivergence and their allies, are we then should be considering building out in a metaverse or... Or, because I would love to see it actually as an app in, in, in virtual reality. Or yeah, is I mean, one and the same? Yeah, you can do both, absolutely. Like, one of the things that I specialize in is, um, you know, like interoperability. We build in Blender, and you can convert the file types just about anywhere. So there's always, like, this talk about they're going to gatekeep and stuff. But, like, 
at the end of the day, uh, Blender converts to any 3D file type. You really can't get away from that. So, like, we build in GLB or GLTF. That means, like, web format. We build in FBX, which comes with the textures. We build in OBJ, so you can texture using any other texture kit that's out there. And uh, those three file types are, like, literally everywhere. Like, every industry has to work with them. And if you were going to develop a new one, then none of the developers would use it. They'd be like, well, why would I use something that my tools don't work with? Um, so there's tons of people building in Blender already. When you make that stuff, you can port it to any platform. And if the platform doesn't include it, then they're probably just not going to succeed. Like you can't make a platform that excludes your entire audience and all the people that work in there. It just wouldn't function. Wow. Just wow. Um, yeah, my mind is, 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 is spinning. Um, because I will tell you where I really struggle with, um, you know, for, for being part of, of the CME project was bootstrapping. And of course it's not sexy. It's, you know, it's a social impact project. Right. Um, but we see it playing out and affecting so many lives on what it means to be neurodivergent. And from that lived experience, I don't have any PhDs behind my name. Um, I don't have the alphabet behind my name. All I can speak to is being neurodivergent myself and a parent to neurodivergent children and the trauma that they endured in the school system. Um, and so trying to shed some light on that, when you have these conversations about where, you know, artificial intelligence is going to take our business to the next level and what it means to be part of the metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality, extended reality conversation. For me, I'm looking at it, bypassing the entertainment factor almost completely and looking at it from um, an educational standpoint and how it can have the largest impact um, to change the world um, for the better for so many and always bearing um, what those lived experiences felt like for my children. Go ahead, Dragon. Yeah, this is just something to throw in there, kind of extra for all the people that have been hanging around. Um, there's a website, uh, Myro. I use it for like planning stuff. For anybody else that's like a visual learner, I would check out that platform um, just because it's really nice for like planning stuff out. Um, that's kind of to me like what the metaverse has given me back is like I'm a very visual person. I have to make stuff in like a 3D space all the time. And that's how my brain works the best. So when I'm working with clients, a lot of times I'll sketch stuff up in 3D. Um, and that's just like how my brain works well. It's like I have to have it mapped out. I have to have like diagrams on the screen. So when I'm in a meeting with clients, it's like I have to draw it up. I have to put it on a diagram. I have to have stuff available to look at because that's just the way that my mind operates. And so uh, Miro is one of the tools that I use for just mapping stuff out really quick. I think the free version, you can only make like three different boards, but you can put like almost an infinite amount of stuff inside those boards. So definitely check that out. And they have a bunch of templates for building out business tools. Uh, it's literally like a whole master class, every single template for like how to build your brand, how to, I guess, do like all sorts of different things as far as business and, you know, identifying what you need. I love that. Um, Chef Unlimited, um, thank you for coming up to speak. Um, boy, are we going to ever get our schedule together so that we sit down, <laughs> my love? Are we? I hope so. I want to do it this week. It's been so crazy. I'm sorry. And hi, everybody. Good afternoon, good morning. Um, you know, I'm only saying something because I, I hop on for my learning. 
However, I can, the one thing I can speak about is the creative aspect of, of the matter first. Um, in that sense, because that's how I met Carmen was at a Metaverse Expo because I was trying to get, you know, collect data for, you know, how I can expand and found my ideas for the Metaverse or a build it, a build Metaverse for the culinary aspect of, you know, where I'm trying to go. So I'm, you know, with, uh, with Dragon, I'm with him in the sense of the physical and the visual aspect because just like you utilize YouTube to, to travel the world for food, you know, you can do that at any given time, but actually with a chef from another country, you know, in the metaverse and, and, and watching your produce grow, watching, there's so many ways and developmental, you know, thoughts that you can have with this. And um, so that's why I, I'm kind of behind the metaverse as well is because uh, like the ideas that I have in my brain never stops like, going and a lot of this i'm not even gonna lie is like whoop, 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 whoop. it sounds like the charlie brown teacher you know but and that's why i hop on so i can learn what the verbiage is what the the um what everybody's particular lane is you know to be very transparent about my own knowledge you know but what i am saying is is the creativity aspect the metaverse allows anyone to be creative in that regard and you know, and work with a development, uh, a developer or a coder to be able to build that. You know, so that you aren't, even though you're not versed, you're still at least uh, involved in building something that can help people. That can, if, if, at least, if that's your your goal, your end game is to help. You know, and contribute something to the world, contribute something to your legacy, your children's life. You know, and that's. That's pretty much it. But um, like I, just the the thoughts that are behind uh, what Dragon was saying about how you can implement the metaverse in so many different aspects. Like I'm I'm here for it because I my brain works that way as well. Because if I look at a recipe, I could read it all day, but I have to do it one time in order for me to really grasp it and say, okay, here, this is what I need to set up. This is how I and the best way to to um in the quickest most efficient way to execute it not necessarily for what you read so if you see it you're like oh okay now I, I have what feels like a team behind me to walk me through something that could be otherwise intimidating you know okay. I, I i like that i like that um I, i'm definitely with you on that um I, I won't leak too much. All I'm going to say is that next week we have One Media and then the week <laughs> after we have Harlem's First Lady because I know yeah. a big part of what she does, right, is impactful for businesses. And so I know personally for, for MNFT, I am looking to book some time with her um, because, again, I firmly believe in staying within my wheelhouse and tapping in and investing in both myself and my company um, to get the best resources and the best assets to propel my business forward. Um, so it makes sense when you're, when you're looking at the tools that are available, first and foremost, is understanding what it is um, and picking apart the benefits for you and your company. While as um, an investor for myself, I, I, I've made the decision I'm not buying into any of the metaverses because I think it's all hype. I don't really see the value there. However, 
um, I never considered that as my business, I am passing up an opportunity um, to increase my community and to increase my brand reach by not having a landing page as Dragon described in, you know, a metaverse. And so he's, he's given us three that he liked. Um, he talked about VR chat. I'm going to go take a look at that. Um, Sparshall was one. And, um, you know, that IMUV, I think, is that where they build a little girl type characters? Because I think a couple of years back, Dragon, I downloaded that for my daughter. Yeah, that was similar to like The Sims. It was kind of like an online um, social hangout platform. It was real basic, but I mean, it was it was something that a lot of users were on. And that's like the important thing for me is like, check the active user base. Like, don't waste your time, you know, spending $500 getting a landing page on a metaverse that's completely dead with no events and no community. You know, it's like if you go into there and you see that there's plenty of people moving around, they're checking stuff all the time, uh, maybe set up something to where you can be pulling people in. You know, even if you have to like organize maybe one hour a week you spend just like reaching out to people to try to set up an event and get some people booked to perform, it would be worth the time, you know, and it's like, how much is one hour going to be um, to like bring in an extra thousand people to your community once a week? Wow. I, I, I never considered that. Never considered that. As you see, we don't, we're supposed to be saying we treat the room and, and all that, but I like having this intimate conversation, right? Again, I, I want people to feel comfortable. Um, and I want to get to know the people behind the business. Um, you know, it's typically how I personally choose to invest. I'm more likely to buy in because a community member told me or I met the team, had a chance for a real conversation um, because it tells me a lot about how you're going to build and what you're going to build. Um, because for me, investment should be emotionless, not emotion filled. So I don't fall for FOMO, except if it's an NFT, I will buy anything. Um, literally That's... anything because <laughs> Carmen is an enabler, right? <laughs> She's an enabler. So we're going to put it right back on Carmen. Um, you know, I, I, you know, and there's a long running joke in this space that if you come up here as an NFT project, um, Carmen already has my wallet loaded because she knows I'm going to say, you got any ETH? <laughs> Facts. Facts. Oh, man. But, you know, every single, every single project builder that comes into the space becomes a part of our family and our network just keeps on growing. You know, what we got coming up in the next couple of weeks is going to be even more gems, more alpha, more info nuggets that you guys are going to need to build. In fact, we've had some really great audience members come in. Some of them have taken stage. They're going to be coming back. In fact, next week we have the founders of When Media. That's my new crew. I've been cheating on you, mistress, but you're going to love these guys. It's going to be like a hoot. Uh, we already had uh, one of the founders up in here during this conversation. I'm so excited that Harlem's is coming in the week after. This is just what we do. We, we've set aside the time out of our schedule to make sure that we're having great conversations, that we're seeing it from everybody's perspective. And I just want to say thank you to uh, you know Mel and Block Panther for coming in and sticking around. And I hope that I get to see you guys come back again. I hope you walk away with tons of value. What's up, Dragon? Like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hype you up. So you say what you need to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing that we didn't really touch on that might be another conversation down the road is virtual product placement. There's not a whole lot of discussion there. There's not like a lot of people doing it. Um, but there are people that like products enough to where they're bringing them into the metaverse spaces 
and creating products uh, for companies that they don't even know about. Like I've seen uh, virtual bars set up and people are like, well, I want to have a Jack Daniels bottle up there. So they make their own just to put it up there, slap a label on it. And like, yeah, technically it's stolen, but that's free product placement. And uh, a lot of these companies could be building assets for that. You know, like if there's a guitar in there, is that a Fender guitar? Is that just some random guitar? And there's a ton of opportunity for, you know, building stuff for that. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because I recently had a conversation like that. I'm working with a production studio for movies, a couple of them actually. And, you know, when they're building a movie out, of course, they want product placements. And one of the entities has a relationship with the metaverse. And they're like, hey, you know, you 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 just basically doubled the value of the marketing value and, and, and return on investment for people paying to have their products either placed into things or integrated, right? So, integration is a little bit more where you go even further. It's not just visually seeing the product there and having a visual presence for the brand, but it's like, hey, we actually incorporated it into the event, into the script, into the commercial, and we're talking about it. And then it's also extra money if we're fighting your competitor. Um, so yeah, there's an, there's an absolute business there. And as we continue to build out the tools for more eyes, um, then those become additional facets of revenue for people to consider placing their brand. And pioneers will make you know, a bigger splash than those that are resisting that technology. I was going to um, just ask a quick question, um, Harlem's First Lady. Is that the, the tweet that I put up, and I know we're, we're going to be talking to you in two weeks, just, just because I know um, Yomi loves these kind of things, is that a notepad with your avatar for sale? Yeah, that's, it's, it's designed in Canva. Anyone can do that. No, no, no. Is that, is that particular one for sale? Yeah, I actually gave them all away um, during September for my back to school event, um, and in Harlem. So I, the point that Dragon was making too, I just wanted to tie into that. I'm I'm actually someone that physically does that. I I have um, four storefronts, and I place people's products inside my store on consignment. Um, and again, there's little tiers of of infrastructure that I'm very very keen on before I even deal with your product, right? Um, and then step and repeats, just a, a simple step and repeat when you're going out or experiencing these um, live events. Um, I think I'm, I'm more interested in, in attending events where I'm featured on someone's step and repeat. I think we have to grow the community properly by representing one another. Right. So when I when I get invited out to an event um, and and that that curator knows me. Um, it's going to be a little odd showing up to these events and my logo is not featured. Right. Um, I think that's we super to, smart. We need to really start to behave as business entrepreneurs and um, ha having shared markets. I, I kind of put that um, that's a real work. And I made a public announcement where I asked all um, business entrepreneurs to send me their logos, their vector images. And I actually produced a, um, a step of repeat. I got the sponsorship from Scale, Scale Network, and a $60,000 grant from Scale Network to just host um, events. And, and the purpose of them sending me that money is because I have the logo featured on my step and repeat. 
Oh, back yep. channel is burning up. That back channel is going to be burning up. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be burning up. Yep. I don't chase money. The money has to, uh, you know, chase me and I have to attract it. And the way I've been able to do it is these licensing deals. I'm responsible for bringing a song. I'm drinking rum and Red Bull from Jamaica to the U to the U.S. And another tune we did um, early 2000s. Ring, ding, 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 I'm responsible for bringing that um, into terrestrial radio and just getting on y'all nerves, playing that song over and over one summer, if you remember it. Um, yeah, that was my work. That was me just kind of blowing the radio up, making sure radio was playing that record. And this is how I learned metadata. They flew me out to France. I learned how to do licensing deals at Midem conference. And then when I blew Clubhouse up, um, having a, a discourse with the founder, one of the founder and coders of DistroKid, which is a third-party aggregator I do not promote. Um, I'll, I'll show you how to distribute your own shit and publish your own shit and label your own shit. You're going to become your own record label because late labels that, I mean, record record labels are the people who are responsible for labeling records. So you have to put yourself in that driver's seat to label your own records. That's it. That's what record labels do. They don't do shit. They just label your records they have you sign your life to them and then they rob you and then they keep you fed they keep you fed with the gimmick of of making it right but this is what i always ask folks to do before interacting with me go watch a simple youtube video called the death clause so y'all, so folks could really tap into what it is I'm expressing, and the responsibility is the new sexy, which is a brand I've trademarked and copywritten, is truly the space in which I'm operating in. Right, responsibility. I don't give two shits about any project unless it's protected. It, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense because that's that's why I said um, for us. Um, there has to be a standard, and that means that I am looking at all aspects of your company before I even expose you to my community, before I even tie my brand in um, to what you're doing. Um, that's how I feel about it. And in this space, I don't want a project owner. I want a business owner. If we're going to sit down and have a conversation, then I want to be having a conversation with a business owner, not a project owner. Um, and, and you're you're just 100% spot on with that, spot on with that. So we're definitely going to be burning up the back channel. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Um, you know, Harlem's First Lady, first of all, I just want to say thank you very much for your time and your input. Um, I see you, sister. I see what you're doing. And it will be an absolute pleasure to sit down and have a deeper conversation with you. Um, just as, you know, being passionate about Web3. But as a business owner, I'm going to be burning up your DM, sis. Right? I'm just, yeah. <laughs> Let's just make that clear. I'm gonna be burning up your DM. Yeah, I, I welcome that. I welcome that. <laughs> I'm I'm open and available. I'm never busy. I don't use the term busy. I'm a student of etymology. I'm never busy. I just I'm really big on setting that time um, up with you, right? So first on my calendar is Dragon. 
I'm looking to lock in the date and time with him. And then I'll be taking anyone else who's ready to link up and meet up with me. Let me just drop this last gem um, just because Spirit is asking me to do so. Um, I just finished up a chapter in a children's book that I'm writing. And I, I because I've already copywritten the, the title and stuff, um, I'm going to go ahead and share it in here. Um, and it's it's a lot to take in. So if you're not in this frequency, don't feel no type of way. And it's not an attack on anyone. Okay. And let me just be clear on that. Um, the title of the book is want doesn't work. Only will does. And the reason why it's titled that is because a lot of us have been conditioned in using the term want or I want, I want to do this. We just say it now. Now it's just a fluid way of expressing ourselves and we're expressing ourselves with a magnificent amount of want and that is the block that's keeping us from our own will because the will in us is the only form of energy or energy that works in our behalf and for our favor when we apply these wants to our lives, we can't go out and get. We're not motivated to apply it or to grab it, to sustain it, to capture it. We are constantly in a, in a loop of want. So I'm asking everyone to cross out want, write it big somewhere, like exit out of your life, remove that shit, cancel it this season, and, and know it, right? Become the Noah of your life. Wants are canceled this, this season. Will only works, okay? The, not, the name of my book, the children's book is Wants Doesn't, Want Doesn't, Want Doesn't Work, Only Will Does. Just Where can you pick it up? Where can I order it? I'm writing it right now, Queen. I, oh. That to put it out, it's only copyright. I'm doing the steps of infrastructure to make sure that my shit is protected. As long as I got that copyright, I'm really excited to to even be in a position to share it. So when it once it comes out and I published it, Queen, I will certainly be dropping them links. But look out for it. Whenever it does drop, you'll know you've spoken to the author. It will be a children's book. Um, wants doesn't work. Only will does. We have to teach our children the lingual initially. We have to get to the children first because the, what they did was they cast the first spell on our children first day of, of, of kindergarten or preschool by asking them and putting a charm over them. What do you want to be when you grow up? So they instantly infect us with a block from the moment we get to communicate and express our, our dreams and desires. They place the want in our children, and then we keep wanting shit. So take that want out of these children and put, inject and insert their will and watch them watch them activate from you. All right? That's all I had. Love y'all. Love and light. Oh. Powerful, powerful stuff. Thank you so much. Um, I am so looking forward to when we sit down um, and have a more in-depth conversation with you and what you're doing um, on the Queens of Crypto. Um, Yomi, I, I know... You rarely ever get up, so so I know you have questions for her. But can I ask? Can I ask you to save it for when we have our all to ourselves for that two hours? 
can ask you to I'm do already that. In. I'm, already I'm already in. Already in I'm already in it. Okay, good. Because, cause, yeah, because I I, we need to have a business conversation yeah. with her for MNFT. You already know mm. that. That book needs to be featured. Like, I hope that book is ready to go by the time the conference yeah, I'm already in a DM. Um, I need the book for myself. Beautiful. Yeah, we need all, we, we need all of that from her. But um, I also want a meeting schedule with Dragon Scales. Um, so if you're in his DM, um, can we do that with Zoom? And I will make time. Pick whatever time that you're available. We'll make that happen as well. Um, because there are so many things that he highlighted that I think for Carmen and I, um, as well as for Frontal Pass that we can really fully take advantage of. I am I am really still just hung up on missing out on a potential community um, by not having those landing pages. Um, so we definitely want that. And then um, I was having a conversation with um, Habib this morning in terms of um, some, some things that I wanted built specifically um, for MNFT and with the conference and, and something moving forward that I think um, I should have been um, having a conversation with Dragon Scales in regard to streaming the content and really safeguarding it because the whole point of having the conference was to get people out, um, you know, where Carmen is going to reign supreme, right? Because that's her thing. That's her, that's her catnip, right? Um, you know, that's her wheelhouse. Um, but for me on the back end, it's all about the data. Um, so definitely looking forward to having a conversation with you. And I so appreciate you breaking it down um, when it comes to talking about the separation. When we talk about the entertainment value. Um, I love the fact that, that uh, and I'm going to reiterate this again, um, talking about in full transparency with your business and integrity that, hey, I can build you the visual, but it's your responsibility when it comes to making sure you're monetizing your content and you're following all legal aspects that when you bring it to me in the metaverse that you're protected that's your job i'm not doing your job for you love that you said that right um you know holmes first lady also touched on the importance of not just one right thinking hey i'm just gonna go this one stop nope nope there are levels and layers to it and again do not pay a carpenter to do a plumber's job right um, that's her wheelhouse. If your specialty is into is entertainment and your content and protecting your content and monetizing your content. And I should just say as a creator, because this is dropping a children's book. So, you know, you me and I are going to tap in for what we got going on. Right. Make sure that you are utilizing the right tool to build what you're building. That means get out of trying to do it all. Right. I do not want to be a jack of all trades. I want to stick within my wheelhouse. I drag Carmen to this Twitter space on Thursdays because we have that chemistry together. But I absolutely follow her when she's out and, and in person and make sure she drinks water and she has something to eat because she goes nonstop. So when she's out, she has to have somebody taking care of her because that's her wheelhouse. Like she's here taking care of me because this is my wheelhouse, right? So I think it's really important to also talk about who do you have building with you? Who is your trusted circle? Who is in your circle of influence that helps motivate you, inspire you, encourage you, uh, and build with you, right? Because that's just as important, right? That's just as important. So I am really looking forward to 2023 and the things that we're going to be doing together. Um, I'm going to leak a little bit of info here for Dr. Tammy. Let me tell you, I was boasting and bragging. 
I've got Dr. Tammy and where we're going to be working together on building out some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and that's her wheelhouse. That's her PhD. So now I get to hand over and let her run things the way she knows it needs to be run, where it brings back value. We're not chasing the dollar. We're chasing the value. And this is what we do best here at Queens of Crypto, right? This is where we build our network. And our tagline is collaborate to conquer. Can't do that if you're not building that network. Um, Dragon, any last words? I don't, I shouldn't say last words, anything to add before we wrap up. Um, yeah. I mean, just like, again, thank you everybody for bringing me up here and uh, giving me the time to go a little bit more in depth on a lot of the topics. Um, one thing that we, we didn't get to talk a whole lot about AI. I wanted to bring up the idea that there were some concerns people have brought up to me in the DMS and behind the scenes uh, wondering about, yeah, like what's going on with AI. Is it going to replace art? Is it going to do this and that? Um, Something that I think uh, with art, you know, like as far as music, as far as drawing, uh, all the traditional stuff that people do is like an expressive outlet. That's always going to be there because that's something therapeutic to us. That's something cultural to us. And that's something that goes a lot deeper. Um, if there's a robot that can, you know, draw something for me, I mean, that's fantastic. But if I enjoy drawing, I'm still going to do that. You know, like we have the ability to have machines make quilts that are beautiful and they're well done but people are still knitting. They're still crocheting. Like that's just something therapeutic that people love to do. So I don't think AI is ever going to replace the traditional outlets that we have like that. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as far as where AI is headed. There's a lot of hype right now around it. Um, it's going to definitely be a tool for some industries, but it's definitely not going to replace the traditional arts. Um, you're very much on point with that. I love the way you phrased it. Um, you know, I, I wish we had more time to, to talk more about AI because, um, you know, again, yonder space is absolutely amazing. But, it, you know, so many people wanting to take advantage of, of the conversation and the knowledge that I kind of I need that kind of one on one. So maybe we can have you back on Monday night on um, MNFT. Um, news you can use, and, and we have that conversation as a business owner, how we can best utilize the tools that AI has to offer, um, because I need that one-on-one. -on -one. There's so much that you have to keep in tune with in this space that sometimes it can be overwhelming. So whenever there's an opportunity for me to utilize a tool that maximizes my time management skills, I am all for it. So hopefully you're available Monday night and we, we, we make that the topic of conversation. Um, Carmen, you want to do our wrap-up? Hell yeah. I mean, if you F with us, you stuck with us. So if you guys are in this audience, follow everybody. Everybody follow everybody. Everybody do that right now. Like, we don't ever really stop and reset the room and ask you guys to tweet this out because, you know, our, our, our peeps find each other. And we've had an amazing group of people walk into this, this conversation. And what we got coming up next week with When Media, you're going to, if you guys have issues with content and you guys are building and you guys are like, well, you know, this is a whole nother thing that I have to like stop what I'm doing and go and pay attention to. Guess what? The founders of When Media are going to come in. We have one of them already giving you day 12. Like you'll be on the lookout for like 
good nuggets of information on how to make this easy. And every single builder in this space needs that. And so you're going to want to sit there um, with us as we bring them to stage and talk about what they do best. It's only going to bring tons of value to you guys. And then after that, you guys heard that we're bringing back, um, you know, Harlem uh, lady, and she's going to be dropping some alpha. We already had kind of a taste of it. Dragon, you are always welcome back. Like now you are part of the fam. So when we have these conversations, what you find is that as we continue to bring these leaders together, we all get to talk about it and everybody has something to say about everybody else's mastering wheelhouse and we just get better. That's what these moments are about. We don't waste nobody's time. It's all good info. And you guys already know that Queens of Crypto is going to be coming out with Front Row Pass soon. So you're going to want to hear the alpha about that. And it means that if you are a part of our family, you're going to be on that platform too, because we want to help get you exposed. That's the name of the game right now is reducing the barrier to entry to build great projects with great players. What you got to say, Dragon? Yeah, I just wanted to say if anyone decides to go that route and start setting up a metaverse page, or you decide to start looking into stuff or how much builds are going to cost, uh, feel free to DM me as a resource if you just want some price points, if you want to know how long it takes to do some of these things, because there's a lot of price difference um, across the market where people are charging $50,000 for something that I can do in a day. So I just really want to you know, put that out there that some of these builds are not as complicated and some are way more complicated. So definitely do your research with people that do it. Yes, I always tell people like get a mentor, like no matter what facet of the space you're in, do this. If you want your project to stay mine, your your wallet and the diversity that you're building in your own wealth to stay as mine, then remember this, M-I-N-E, find a mentor, not somebody who's going to tell you what buttons to press, find somebody who's going to change your mindset and help you build great investing or project building or business mindset behaviors on your day to day and help keep you on track with that discipline then make sure that you i inspect what you expect like diamond holding isn't the the key to success it's not the recipe all the time so you've got to make sure that you're going in and if you make a commitment or if you're making a business deal or you're networking out that you know what you expect from that and make sure that that's happening you know every day right? And then go in and network. Like networking in this space right now, especially with these market conditions, means that the bad players are, are jumping out. They can't thrive here. We do. We're building. And so you want to network as much as you can, because then those are the most valuable resources. And that is the currency that's the most valuable in the space right now. And then E, engage, be a part of the community. When people ask me who I am and what I do, I say I'm a community member first. And majority of the relationships that I have and the most most trusted people that I keep close to me like me because I show up. So I know a lot of people don't have the most amount of time like I do to be here all day, every day. But with whatever you can, it costs you nothing to engage and be a part of your community. Don't set it and forget it. We are building and we want to help you build too. So definitely hit us back. We're here every Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours. Mistress always takes us past the finish line, but it's all good because we're always giving that extra time because good stuff just doesn't stop like in its tracks. So thank you guys so much for being here. We'll be back next week. Make sure you mark your calendars, follow everybody in the room, and we love every single one of you for your time spent with us.